Alright. Hello everybody and welcome to the end of the year bit effect. Today we are all going to talk about what games we enjoyed the most and probably argue about stupid inane things like your game is wrong. So join us on the other side of this delightful music of which I don't know what it's going to be and we'll see you on the other side. today, but Luke had to back out due to babies growing teeth out of their skull. It's a horrific experience that nobody should ever have to go through. So in lieu of Luke saying his answers, I will probably be saying them instead of him. Either that or we'll all try to do our favorite Luke impersonation. So with me today to talk about what we played this year and what was the best this year, definitively let no other publication tell you otherwise, are my good friends, Craig. Your game is wrong. And Mike. Howdy, partner. Howdy. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are recording this slightly after New Year's, but um, that was because we all had a busy holiday. So I hope you had a holiday as well. If you didn't, you should probably look into adopting somebody else's holiday for fun. Uh, what we're going to do is what we do every year. But in case you're new, we just have a bunch of categories that I kind of thought up, kind of stole from people. And uh, we will each have our answers and we'll have a brief reason for as why we chose that one. Um, this will probably be a bit of a long one, but we're going to try to keep it as streamlined as possible, which means I will not be talking for the rest of the podcast because Dave and Streamline don't work. So let's get straight to the first question, gentlemen. Nice, easy one. Your favorite game to chill with this year. Are you asking okay. us? No, I was asking the audience. Please be quiet until they answer. <laughs> Jeez. Go on, you, uh, you... Craig. Go on, Craig. Oh, right. I, actually, go on. Uh, so my favourite game to chill with this year was, of all things, for some strange reason, um, Death Stranding. I had to think long and hard about this. And then I remembered those days of playing Death Stranding, just delivering parcels and building roads and basically being like some sort of FedEx driver that every couple of hours had to fight a big black bobbly monster. It, it was great times. Building ladders, helping other people out, you know, with that online world of folk have built ladders and left signs and told you where to go. And it felt like a collaborative chill fest. Um, so yeah, that's it's kind of a short, concise answer, but it was so relaxing and there, I think we said we spoke about it at some point, but there's something just felt really good about walking about with a load of stuff on your back. The the physics of walking down a hill, you know, is is fun. Um, yeah, and and I, I loved that. I loved building my roads. It was all pointless, but whatever. Much like yeah. Death Stranding, it was all pointless. Mm. Anyway, yeah, that was that. No, no, you're wrong, Craig. You're wrong. <laughs> look, 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 look. This is not the uh, venue to, uh, to explain to you why you're wrong. We all know the feelings that are bubbling up inside of me right now, so we're, we acknowledge them. We're uh -huh. going to keep going. Yeah. I know Mike agrees, though. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I was about to say, we, we could wax on. We did this last time, I'm pretty sure, spoke about the gradient of steps down a hill and going back up uh-huh. a hill. and uh, oh, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? But, you know, um, others, others chilled with other games. I don't know why I wrote this, but for some reason I put <laughs> Divinity Original Sin 2, which I have clocked in 93 minutes with, so it shows I haven't chilled all year, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the reality of it is that I, I, so, so this was the year that it, it seems like such a long year, but I did actually play Divinity Original Sin this year, and every single time I've loaded up the sequel, I've been thinking like, I'm going to live inside this game. I'm going to spend another ninety plus hours probably, and, and and it's just in my head. I've I've switched it over from my normal hard drive to my SSD about six times. I've jumped in, I've played about with the settings, I've tried it and checked if I can get HDR on the TV, tried to run it at 75 hertz, all sorts of things, just pissing about, tried it on two different graphics cards all throughout the entire year. Um, but I've not really actually played it, but I know if that was if that was the game I was playing at the moment, which it will be very soon, <laughs> I assure you, then that's what I would be chilling with. But yeah, not a chill year for me, unfortunately. Oh. I I I I am with you on chilling with Divinity, as Dave will know, because we played the entire thing co-op. It was very relaxing, very fraught at times, and we wanted to murder each other very times because um, I kept on doing stupid things and Dave kept setting on me, me on fire, um, and everything on fire. Fire is I the like default how you classified state. Me setting you on fire is not a stupid thing. I like how mm-hmm. it's stupid things plus. I uh-huh. kept setting you on fire. Yeah, uh, yeah Divinity Two is going to see a lot of uh, answers this time. I think from pretty much all of us for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so Luke had down for his, and I have zero experience with either of these, but I think you guys do. Uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah. You, you, hang on, Dave. You have five hundred and thirty. 35 hours clocked on your Nintendo My online wife account. has 535 hours. <laughs> the only oh. time I've touched it is when I booted it up to destroy all of her stuff and then turn it back off. <laughs> um, that's the only thing I've done in Animal Crossing. Mm. And that's it. So I, I have zero experience in this yeah. Animal Crossing. Um, I, I didn't play I played the mobile game and it was relaxing. Oh, Pocket Camp? Yeah, for like... 15 minutes until you realised what it was about and then I was like, aww. It could have been a bit I didn't more. mind it. I, I thought it was okay. It was a, it's a bit bit bitty, isn't it? Because you sort of jump yeah. in between different sites and stuff. But but no, the Switch one, oof, it's a... Uh, we we were we were well into it. I think we, we clocked up most of our, our time. It's, it's like 85 hours played, which is sort of split across profiles, weirdly. But so the Switch shows it as being the most played game, but on mine it only shows like thirty hours played, I think. But mm-hmm. but it's like um Yeah, yeah, we we absolutely monstered it for the first couple of months it was out. In fact it's it's one of my rare digital purchases. Uh please forgive me. And <laughs> and yeah, yeah, we we were sort of on it for quite a bit and we were sort of enjoying it and we sort of looking forward to all the updates. And then at one point, I think I've only visited it twice in sort of um, May, where I popped in once to do a, a little weed cleanup, and then again recently to do a, a major weed cleanup. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's ready to go again, but 
I don't know. There's not much. There's not much of a pulse for it at the moment. I don't know why. But it, it was. Well, I think it, it, I yeah. think we're in the minority on that. Like, if there was ever a year Animal Crossing shined, it, mm-hmm. it was this year. Mm. Like yeah, it's it's, perfect, perfect it time and place massive. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, mm. oh, uh, I guess this would be a good opportunity to say these are not what we think the best games of the year are. These are oh, yeah. our favorite games of the year because um, there are some games that I honestly think would win that I do not like, and that's not fun. It's more fun to talk about what you like. Mm. So, yeah, um, these are favorite, not objectively the best. Mm-hmm. But as, well, we're, also as we're on the topic of, of games to chill with, Dave, what what was yours? Mine was Everybody's Golf. Um, mm. Me and Craig had a bit of a competition this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to play Everybody's Golf, and I finally sat down and plunked like 70 hours into it and was like, okay, I'm going to actually complete this. Um, there's not much that game does special. Like, to be honest, it is a golf game. And it's a golf game that plays exactly like when you think of the words video game golf. It pops into your head. That's that's what this is. But the whole thing, the whole game is just tailored Mm. around golf is amazing. Golf is fun. No, relax. Don't worry about your score. It's a fun time. Uh, So it was a very nice place to just chill in, even though that hub world is very weird. I always found it kind of just relaxing to come home from work, play two or three rounds of golf. Tell Craig that he sucks, and then <laughs> continue on to another game. But it was a very nice, like decompressing game. It was a lot of fun. Did you? Did it ever get like a VR patch? I, I know it got like a HD a separate, 4K, a hat, separate like, VR game. Did it really? Not yeah. Wow. It's a whole separate game you need to buy. Mm. Yeah, I haven't. That's I haven't cool. uh, trolled around with it. Have you, Craig? No. Well, I I ditched. This was the year I ditched the um, PSVR. And oh, that's right. The enemy, Facebook. Yeah, you're supporting Facebook. I know, it's mm. disgusting. I bought a cheap VR headset and all I had to sell them was all of my family's data. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, well worth the price, I think. Well yeah. worth the price. Especially looking at the rest of your list. Uh-huh. All right, so next up we have favorite protagonist. Um, let's get Luke out of the way. Uh, Luke chose Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. I have nothing to say about it because I have not played it yet. I'm waiting for the PS5 version. You guys? Mm. I have it, nothing. It is a PS5 version, Dave. It's a, it's it is, oh, it's out? It's yeah, been it's out since launch. launch. Oh, I thought it was coming as like a new PS5 version. Kind of like, like a dragon is doing. No, no. No, no. that's doing the same thing, but that's a staggered release. Ghost of Tsushima, oh. you get it straight away from day one of PS5, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, sh- oh well, I'll, I'll have to. I'll definitely have to pick it up then, because yeah, it's on my list. Uh, I'm very curious to check it out. Yeah, I don't think it's got. I don't think it comes in a PS5 case. I think you buy the no. PS4 case no. and it upgrades itself. Okay, so it will not get a PS5 release. Not a separate standalone. It just bumps it up to 60 frames per second and pushes the out resolution straight to 4K. Ah, uh, okay. So it's sort of like okay, an unlocker gotcha. in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um. Uh, this year, a lot of my favorite characters were creative characters, and that's not an interesting answer. So I had to go quite far down the list of what my favorite protagonists were this year, but I believe Crypto from Destroy Our Humans is probably going to win my favorite protagonist. Um, 
playing for roughly 30 hours with a guy, with an alien who's doing a Jack Nicholson impersonation, it's <laughs> a pretty good time, not going to lie. Um, not that he's an amazing protagonist or anything, it was just, ah, that was the one I enjoyed. He made me chuckle a few times, and mm. most of my other stuff were creative characters, so I don't really have a great answer. Yeah, I played the demo of this, and it, it did look like, it looked like for what happened to Tony Hawk's this year, but with destroy all humans it did look quite like uh what's it called toys for bob spyro sort of yeah that sort of reimagining yeah it looks oh yeah um the game itself i mean it's kind of the same problem that happened with crash and spyro hmm. it's or medieval even wow this looks great oh it still plays like it did originally <laughs> with a few tweaks here and there for quality of life stuff but, I mean, I, I always enjoyed Destroy All Humans, so for me, that was nothing but a good time. It was like a fresh cone of paint on an old toy for Bob. Okay, mm. uh, Kronos, is that the main character then? Or is that like a... Snake? Crypto is the main character, yeah. Crypto, okay, okay. Right, cool, cool. So, I yeah, did not yeah, know yeah. that. Um, well, now you know, and now you can answer your question. Your favorite protagonist, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm split between my two. Uh, I'm going to go for Sam Porter Bridges. From <laughs> from good old Death Stranding, because wait yeah, a minute, wait a minute, his last name is Bridges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, I hate this game more. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I didn't really follow the story too much, but I think having Norman Reedus in a game is amazing. I've, I've kept my old PS4 just for my copy of PT, and it's sort of like I've got to have the collection, and I'm a, I'm a Hilema del Toro fan, to to a degree. Um, I did actually see Mimic, and it was fucking terrible. I mean, it was terrible. No, hey, Mimic is great. Mimic is great you if you're at midnight, you've got nothing better to do, you got some popcorn, and your choices are like, I'm going to watch Chud, Mimic, or Breeders. And you're like, well, Mimic always wins. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's just cool having... Um, I think Kojima gets it right most of the time. He, You know, he, he bases his things on, like, you know, Pretty much all of his characters have been based on Kurt Russell, haven't they? <laughs> so, so <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Br- bringing another Kurt Russell into the fold is 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 great. I you can't get enough Kurt Russell. That's it. Um, and his his acting career has gone a bit funny to me recently. I, I think I even saw him on Netflix the other day as Father Christmas. But that's beside the point. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> the truth is, we're talking about old school Kurt Russell here, and uh, you know. Norman Norman Reedus does the job as well, and I think I think he outshined uh, Mads Mikkelsen, which is unexpected to be honest. You've got a weird thing for Mads Mikkelsen. If there's anything I've learned I love him. over these I, last two years, I love the hun. I just watched thing. a new one. I watched a new. Is it Michael Vinterberg? I can't remember his name, but it's really good. Really good. Uh, Druck. If you get a chance to watch it, it's good. But yeah. That's mine. And just That's so I'm clear, Matt Mickelson is the Bond villain from the one Bond with Daniel Craig, right? Yeah. Yes. That's okay. Correct. All right. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> I I don't think he got enough airtime in Death Stranding, and um, mm. Kurt Russell as Santa. I actually really enjoy both of those films. The second one is out, um, and they're crap Christmas films, but actually good family Christmas films. <laughs> um, okay. Fair enough. My fair my enough. my protagonist. Was close. It was close. Oddly, I'm not going to do the whole mention two things, but it was a close call, mm-hmm. and I went with Ichiban Kasuga, um, the man of the hour, because genuinely, 
I think he uh, he turned he turned it round for me because at the very start I was like, "What is this? I'm playing you're no Kiryu," and then he gets his hair done, and then you're like, "Why the hell am I? Why didn't I just go back into the hairdressers and get a crew cut or something?" Yeah, and, you think that would he, be a thing? <laughs> over mm. the course of however long we played that game, I grew to love the man. And I thought he turned it round. So by the end of it, I really, genuinely, really liked him. And I'm looking forward to more time with him. The only reason why I didn't choose Kasuga was I'm curious to see what they do next. Because you're right. like, like, uh, And we just did an episode on this, so I'm going to keep it Mm -hmm. very brief. They made him enough like Kiryu to where you like him, but different enough to where he's not a carbon copy. Yeah. So yeah, um, for me, I that was more of a I'll wait and see. Because let's be honest, like like if it wasn't for The Witcher, Kiryu would probably win best character of a generation. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you thinking then, Triss? Oh, I'm a Triss man. <laughs> I, I am a Triss man. People that are Yennefer man, they just they, they don't understand. That's wrong. That's wrong. Anyway, anyway. That's that's All that's right, for so chat later. That is, that is for we should we should do The Witcher at some point when we're all unemployed. Uh, all right. So next up, we have the best example of gaming in the year 2020. Now, I almost went with uh, the cheeky Resident Evil because of an outbreak answer, <laughs> but instead, um, the year 2020. I don't know about you guys, right? Because we're all different people. Mm. Um. I'm starting to feel more and more disconnected as time goes by in terms of gaming trends because I'm not the target audience anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, And the biggest trend I saw this year, through my daughter's eyes at least, was Among Us. Like, that game is a cheap rebrand of a different game but has exploded and mm. I don't quite get why. I've played, uh, I want to say, probably seven or eight rounds with my daughter. And right. I see the appeal of it. But at that point, it's like, well, why don't you play one of the better games that this is kind of based on? Which is something yeah. I've been going through with my, with my daughter for like the last five years. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't play that stupid Cauldron Facebook game. Play Puzzle Bobble. Play Bust a Move. Play anything. Like what it's based on. Don't play the knockoff. Play the original. Um, but yeah, Among Us has everyone at her school plays it. Everybody's doing 100 YouTube videos about it. That mm-hmm. is probably the biggest example of like, this is video games. I'm surprised. I, what about I, you guys? I don't think New Newgrounds exists anymore, but I thought that would have been on there, to be honest. I think, uh. it's a, I think it still <laughs> exists. It's just a really, really hollow shell of yeah. what it was uh. for like our generation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love Among Us. I think now I'm up to needing 200 rounds, maybe 190 or 200 rounds with the kids but that's also like, I do scouts and because of lockdown we couldn't do scouts and one night we decided to do an Among Us night because it's all the rage and it's a really fun wee game because the round doesn't last very long Mm. you can dip in and out whenever there's no profiles or character progression or it's just a quick hit of am I going to murder people or am I going to try and complete tasks um, I think it's great. And we sat sat with the kids one night, and we were all just sitting on our phones playing that. 
The one you know, thing I will give it, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, as the man with four Joy Cons, a Pro Controller pad, and never played anything more than a single player game on my Switch, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> I'm definitely not a demographic, and and this this makes me think of that. Um, oh, what's it called? Something like Cosmic Space Race thing or something, where you all have like a phone out and you press the controls on the thing and talk to each other. I can't remember oh, the name of it. Oh, um... so, I don't know what you're talking about, but I can't imagine for the life of me. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. I'm sure you'll remember. It's where it's like he's a pu- yeah. push accelerometer to and you know, yeah. up with stupid names and stuff. It was quite oh. good. It was quite good. But, uh, Dave but, is now on, his brain is lit up as well. This yeah, is def- I, like I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but yeah, this this I, I mean just just to throw in, I I did actually download it. Um, about a week ago, I messed about with the tutorials and I thought, it looks okay-ish. Because I thought, you know, I'll be surprised that there have been things that have come out this year, like Genshin Impact, which I was like thinking, not sure that's for me. But I, I got hold of it and they're all saying, oh, it's China Chinese-made online game and all sorts of stuff. And it's nothing like that at all. It's It looks like a Japanese game. It feels good. <laughs> um, the vibe I got from it was very Splatoon. Is it is it very Splatoon? I haven't tried it yet. Hmm... Not really. It's more. Okay. It's, it's like a tales, a tales of game, but free to oh, play. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, that's quite. I'd, I'd probably. I'd rate it to be honest. I think it's quite good. Mm-mm. But um, oh, good for them. I can't remember my original point. So let's go back to Dave while he gets back to. Oh, his, I'm sorry. His original idea. Uh, no. What, what What was I gonna? Oh, we're too old for this. You're, I don't remember what I was. So oh, Among oh, Us. Among Us. Great, have you really paid 200 games of it? Yeah, yeah, Uh, hang on, I'll go to... Sorry, Um, I was going to say, it is nice to see a game that all the kids are getting into Mm. that promotes team play, not lone wolf play. It is is nice to see um, a a bunch of kids that are probably smarter than I was when I was their age start to piece things together without going, nah, I'm the best, nah, I'm the best, look at your KD, it sucks. It, it is very cool to see uh, a game working as, it, you know, it's like when you get into that one mythical battlefield match and everybody's playing the objective, instead of running off, you're like, this, this is yeah. great, this is the best game ever. But so exactly. it is definitely cool a social, it's, it's definitely a socially paralyzing thing though, because I know for me, for example, I'm not going to get more than say, two or three other people to play with me and that's going to sort of defeat the purpose of it and, no, and you, I think you don't getting need... given a sort of the thing game sounds amazing but I know I'll never get to I'll never get to actually experience that it seems very no you play with randoms you might play with a friend but you play with randoms kind of oh, game. I could, thought you could do a local game and you can't do a local game what you end up doing is you make a private room give your local people a code and then open it up mm. to the public to bump up the numbers if okay. you need to, because okay. you need five people. But yeah, I, I played heaps, heaps and jeeps of it. I kind of fancy we should play. We should be playing it just now while we record. Yeah, because yeah. that will make great conversation. We're not already saying <laughs> um too much, not at all. <laughs> mm. All right, so uh, let's go in the same order. Craig, yes. What is your best example of gaming in 2020? Um, my best example of gaming in 2020, because I don't quite feel like an old person like you people. Yeah, I feel like I'm still part of some sort of target demographic. Um, I went with Half Life. No, you're the Alex. old guy with the ponytail. And um, I do not have a ponytail. I went with Half Life Alex 
because it is the best example of gaming in 2020. It's future focused in every way. It's VR, which I love always. And you do. Yeah. It, it's an incredible example of a story driven linear VR game. It's not like an experiential thing that you see a lot of the VR things being. It's not it's not a BT game. It's not anything. It's it's a full VR game game with all the usual Valve world building and, you know, it ingrained teaching you how to play it and how to interact with the environment and it, it feels great to reload your gun and shoot or throw something at someone. It's spooky. It's great characters. It looks beautiful it's just it's marvelous so as and i think as far as 2020 has been vr has kicked off with the quest just the quest sales went through the roof and then they brought out the quest 2 and it sold out everywhere because it's a really cheap device to get access to vr unfortunately half-life isn't available on the quest you need actually a you know a pc to play it which I was is, reading a thing earlier about actually the minimum specs, and I'm sure they said the quest is the very entry level for getting into playing Half Life Alex. Oh, it's it's the you just jam a USB C straight into a PC to okay. to to play it. But of all the PC based, uh, not to go too tech, a hundred percent technical, but it's got nothing to do with the resolution of the screen. It's because when you plug in the USB, it actually encrypts the visual output to USB data or whatever they would call it to then put it in your eyes. Okay. Whereas with normal VR headsets, it's it's like a video output, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, 2020 is just, it would, should be future focused and awesome with VR and all things awesome. I mean, I think I think VR took off this year for the same reason Animal Crossing took off this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, it, it, it's a great year to to get into VR for sure. Yep, a lot of the Quest stuff that just the catalog from the start of the year in Quest games went from something like 150 to over a thousand, and a lot is focused on like the climb. It's just mountain climbing and it's relaxing and peaceful, and then you get interactive walking tours of places. The video store, it's just sprung up. You can watch gigs. You can go into your VR headset and attend a cinema viewing or a cinema showing with your mates. Um, I play golf with my dad in it. And you, it's VR, so you've got an avatar. And you're just sitting, you're like, hi, dad, waving. You can flick your golf stick in his face while he's trying to take a shot. It's, <laughs> and it's just... Playing by proper Scottish rules, I see. <laughs> exactly. It's just... It's such, and it, it's like Laura's, Laura's hit or miss when it comes to games, but I, I managed to get her in and she had a game of golf with my dad and she was like, it's actually incredible. Um, so yeah, uh, hmm. Half-Life Alex, that was the answer. Sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean no. half this question is the re- where you think gaming is right now and that's as good an answer as mine. Uh, hmm. But before we get the mic, uh, Luke put Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know why, but let's say because it was made in 2020. Yeah. That's, Unlike that's, my... uh, yeah, I, I don't know his reasoning. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike, yours. It was not made in 2020. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. And, and this is, uh, to be honest, I'm going to swivel this around a bit because I've not played Call of Duty for a hell of a long time. And 
I've I've finally come across Modern Warfare despite sort of jumping in on trials over weekends and spending a hell of a lot of time. But the, it's actually the uh, the splinter off of it, Warzone, which is the big release this year, surprisingly. I thought it was last year, weirdly, but it only came out this year. Um, and this is basically a continuation of me saying to everybody, oh, try PUBG, it's, it's actually quite good. And, I, and looking back on it, it's not really that good. But Warzone does sort of deliver the final article. For me, it's it's the case of finally going back. You know, it's lovely speaking to you guys on the podcast, but I do have other friends, strangely enough. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Jumping Hoity into Toity. Warzone with them is... is how, a... How'd you kick someone from a PlayStation party? <laughs> I think you hit report to government. Ah, That's the problem with the PS5. It's a bit too easy to kick yourself out of the party, I find. There's no confirmation anymore. You go, All right, I'm just going to find the book. And then you're gone already. <laughs> but um, but no, no, uh, you know, Warzone. It's definitely we've we finally won. We finally won as a group. Um, the other Congratulations. week. Congratulations. I know, I know. We we were sh- shitting it. <laughs> it was a, it was amazing. <laughs> we were sort of communicating on all ends. It's, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm sure I've had a disagreement with one of the people in the party before, and I was really embarrassed about it for years. But since we've been playing Warzone, um. That's completely gone out the window, and everything's back to being hunky dory again. And uh, <laughs> you know, well, that's good. Yeah, it, it completely takes me out. It sends me to a different space, and I still, I still enjoy Call of Duty. Strangely enough, despite sort of not getting on with it for a good number of years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully invested again. I'm not going to play Cold War because I don't think it's as fun as Modern Warfare, to be honest. But that's quite well, subjective to me, I guess. Let's let's talk for a moment then about like Call of Duty because it, it jumped on the battle royale train along with mm. like everything. Yeah. Um, ha- do battle royales in general do anything for you guys in twenty twenty? In twenty twenty, no. As as a fan um, of the movie Battle Royale itself, um, yeah. Of course they do. I am I am honestly waiting for the Battle Royale Battle Royale game. <laughs> I, I I would love that. That would be great. Um I'm also a fan of the movie. Love the movie. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um But the only one that I've tried this year that I would probably stick with a bit is either Tetris ninety nine or Mario thirty five. Mm. And I think that's just because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I mean, I already know how to play Tetris, or I, or I know Mario one like the back of my hand. So you know that kind I, of stuff. I, I go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like on the old front, I I am older older than you, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. But my my default was to go with what the name I knew, and I put quite a chunky amount of time into Fortnite. <laughs> that's that's just ah. not and getting my ass kicked by kids. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that you motivated or was that your kids motivated? Oh, Amelie kind of like wanted to play it but couldn't figure out how, so I ended up playing it to learn it to then let her play it, and she was playing it, teaching me things and stuff. So it was it was a very good experience, but it's actually not a bad game. Okay. Um. Okay. I, I yeah, like like I would never call Fortnite a bad game. It's it's a very <laughs> good game. They're on a definitely on a winning formula. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't really have that much interest in it. If I want to play no, a massive yeah. shooter, I'll play Battlefield. If I want to play a building game, I won't play Minecraft because, ew. Um, so I don't play build. Well, I'll play Dragon Quest Builders. There we go. That's what I'll play if I want to play a building game. 
I have um, dabbled with Minecraft a little this year, weirdly enough. But uh, did you? I think just just to roll it back for one second, I think the the most the real point is I did enjoy my time with Warzone. I enjoyed my time with Modern Warfare as well. But but the fact is the the reason I think it's so it's so twenty twenty is just yeah. the amount of stuff going on. You know, it's always daily quests. It's all about um, free loot box well not loot boxes but like store purchases all sorts of stuff which i'm never ever going to touch everyone just mentions the battle pass to me they say oh mike you in this this season's battle pass and i'm like no (laughs) you know (laughs) why are you there's so many things and it seems like everyone i play with is absolutely ingrained in it 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 is its own ecosystem you know with inside gaming itself and it's ridiculous it's like you know, I know people who, who are going on about if you buy season five battle pass then you can get enough COD points to get this and blah 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 and oh we should really the amount of time I spent on this I should put some money in towards it. It reminds me a little bit of a sort of like a crazy Dave, but one who plays Call of Duty as well. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a strange different world and I'm just surprised how how easily sort of microtransactions have not just got in there but become like a normal thing. It does I think I read a report the other day that something like ten percent of children have now spent stupid amounts of say over a hundred pounds worth in microtransactions by stealing their parents' credit cards and stuff like that. I'd I don't know whether I'm worried for my son now because he's gonna be starting school in the next year or so, but is it a thing that kids just buy microtransactions so they go, oh, who's bought the most microtransactions in the school? Who can copy those? Oh, oh yeah. FIFA yeah, my team people. Uh, my I'm daughter gonna guess has that's been what called like, but... basic. I think it is. Is it basic or default? Either way. Uh, yeah, if you play with the default or basic mm. skin, yes, you are. You're not shunned. It's not like, you know, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you because you didn't buy any mm. Fortnite skins. But you are the, ew, you're poor. You play with the default skin. Um, whereas... To us, like, like, out of curiosity, how many season passes do you guys buy? I used to buy the Battlefield expansion. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, yeah, yeah, like, when you get all the maps and... Yeah. Premium, I think it was. And That's the only one I've ever really got. I, don't, I, I got one or two seasons of Street Fighter Five. That's my lot. Oh, yeah. Um... So season pass, I was getting co- that conflated with what would be an inverted commas a season pass, but it's actually just all the DLC. What do you call that? A bun. Uh, it's, it's still generally called a season pass. Yeah, like you just buy yeah. the season pass. But you're meaning like a, a a yearly FIFA season pass type thing or that? Well, well, yeah. yeah for for me and Mike, it's probably going to be pretty much fighting games. Like I still do yeah. it for fighting games, just because. Oh well, those characters are going to come out. I want those characters. Okay. So yeah. yeah. The only thing I've ever bought like that's been Hitman when you were, you know, like... Oh, okay, yeah. ...subscribing to Hitman. Other than that, I've got nothing at all. Yeah. But on, on the microtransaction like front, Be- like... Beat Saber? You've been big on that. That's in VR. Yeah, but that's just DLC packs. Okay. There isn't one... There isn't one... Like, you don't buy the, a, a season of it and it, it leaks out content. Right, okay. It's just a band brings out, a, like, like There's the no, Green Day also like DLC. like rock band used to be yeah i know rocket like league's all over this now and i know um for honor when i booted that up the other day it was saying year four oh, yeah. season four and all sorts of i didn't know yeah, where Ubisoft to start jumped on that I didn't know train how to start the game pretty fast <laughs> and then yeah rainbow um, six siege same thing but yeah know. siege siege yeah that, i think i might have bought one season pass when me and grim were playing it but mm. i didn't stick with it for very, oh. know, for an extended amount of time actually no you reminded me now so the, what 
I think what we're talking about mostly in this season thing is, for me and you, it's content, Dave, and most likely for Craig too, but I mean, it's it. this is vanity stuff. Like, I know Grimm did sort of pressure me into getting Titanfall 2, um, <laughs> sort of like vanity packs, which were just like a few tags and like a few accessories for your Titans and stuff. And, and it felt pointless, but at the same time, I think we were both thinking... We've invested like 150 hours at least each into this. It's not going to hurt, and it, and arguably oh, yeah. it was only about vanity stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was. It That's was totally and think... I still feel a bit dirty from it, but yeah. I mean, I, I never had a problem like buying skins in like League of, League of Legends because mm. you know that was it's a free game. Well, yeah, sure, I'll toss you a couple bucks. Uh, same with Overwatch. Like I I didn't mind that in Overwatch until it got mm. like really bad, but. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't bought anything vanity uh, this year. I mean, I, it just reminded me. I mean, I did buy the Neo Two season pass, did buy the Neo One season pass. So yeah, for me, it is content related. Like yeah. if it's content, yeah, sure, I'll mm. check it out. Okay. I mean, I always find it more of a insult if somebody is basic and then beats you. Kind of like you know being beat with Dan in Street Fighter. Like oh, <laughs> I know oh, all this that, stuff didn't help at all. It. And besides, you get yeah, some of so, the best bits from just, like, say, on Call of Duty itself, you say, kill 25 people in the space of five minutes 16 times or something stupid, and you'll get a quite fancy-looking little icon, which I'm quite happy to have done then. I haven't paid anything for it. I've just got it from skill. So, yeah, uh, the bit effect wholeheartedly induces, if you go out there and beat somebody with the basic skins, they look way worse than you do. <laughs> because they put money into that. Hmm. <laughs> And it feels bad, yeah, okay. It? it does, it does. It's like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, all right, so next up we have favorite new IP. Uh, this was this was really tough for me this year because I, I, a lot of what I played were sequels and a lot of what I played weren't new IPs. Um, mm. But this year the standout for me is Pathfinder. Now, granted, it's not a new IP. It started in the 70s, but this is the first time I've ever encountered it in video game form. I don't know if there was a game that maybe been made in like 89 or like the AD&D games. But for me, the new IP of the year is Pathfinder. Uh, I will be talking about this game later, so I'm going to keep it short oh, now. God. And switch off to Luke, who has put down Ghost of Tsushima. Again. Again. So, okay. again, I have nothing to say. So, Craig. Yes. Your favorite new IP this year. So, my favorite new IP was from earlier on in the year, and it was when... Um, you know, like lockdown was at its greatest. I picked up Journey to Savage Planet, which it's a short game. It's colourful, it's bright, it's fun, it's puzzle. It's basically like a big puzzly portal-esque puzzle with some Metroidvania style. You need another tool to get up to that next area type stuff and a lot of backtracking. And all of that gelled into a wonderful experience. Um, and I, I just it left me feeling the same way I felt when I played like Portal 2 it was like wow that was really good and I feel like I've accomplished something amazing on top of the general game they also have some hidden gigantic bosses that are fantastic to beat or play um, and beat and overall I just thought I want, I want Journey to the Savage Planet 2 if there's any way to wangle that into another game unfortunately I think did did they release it and then Microsoft bought them or something like that? I can't remember. I think I think they did. Yeah, um, there was something something like that. So I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I would like to see it happen because it was just 
it was different from everything. I've played a lot of sequels this year, and I've played a lot of serious game. My backup answer for this was, and I'll do it anyway. It was Days Gone, um, but it was serious and gritty, and I'm just like and manly, yeah, and manly. I was like, ah, it doesn't really say what I want to say, but Journey really did, and it's it's got a co-op mode. So if you've not played it, pick it up with a mate and play it, and it's just hilarious. It's it's a joy. Now. To be fair, uh, we've talked about this before, and I couldn't remember if you said Journey to the Savage Planet or Slime Rancher. So I bought both. Uh, <laughs> I, I played a little bit of Slime Rancher, and by golly, that game is cute as all hell. Um, but now I know my, my my choice was wrong, so I will have to play Journey to the Savage Planet. Yeah. Uh, uh. It is, uh, so was, it, was it more or less the sense of humor that... that ratcheted it up the list for you yeah because yeah, it did same. remind me a lot of outer worlds yeah oh yeah the outer worlds is another one it kind of it kind of draws on that it's it's very funny at one point you realize that one of the biggest because a lot a lot of it's kind of like you've got to get resources to do x y and z and one of your big sources of resources is one of the cutest looking aliens and the first time you have to kill one of these wee blighters is just hilariously heartbreaking because the 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 radio voice is like I can't believe you just did this and all this you know like you start feeling guilty for killing this wee cute thing it's funny it's it's got a corporate first thing that Outer Worlds does you're there to do a job yeah. and, and you're an asset to the company it's it's a it's a cracker you heard it here first folks it's a cracker <laughs> uh, Mike what about you uh, yeah, mine isn't officially a new IP, but, but to get convoluted, <laughs> what <laughs> the way this works is that if I've never bought PlayStation VR, if I've never tried the inbuilt package stuff on previous consoles, things like that, then I'm quite happy to call Astrobot a new IP. <laughs> because, we will um, let you slide. Yeah, I I looked from afar and I thought, you know, that looks quite good. When I saw the VR game appear, I was like thinking, I'm really tempted to get one. But but being me and being very frugal, I'm thinking, wait for the second wave, wait for the next revision. That's going to be the point where I jump on. And of course, PSVR 2 is where, where I'm going to be on. Seems like we're talking a hell of a lot about VR on this episode, weirdly enough. Hmm. But yeah... Um, I I'm I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if PSVR two doesn't launch with a new Astrobot game as well, but um, yeah, Astrobot this year just just getting it with a PS five is ridiculous. It's sort of like it's just the you know it's a Nintendo game on a Sony platform. It's it's the little big planet game that Sony always wanted. It's the Crash Bandicoot Sony always wanted. It's it's the platformer, isn't that really? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, from... I'll go as far as to say, like, like I played it for a bit. I've played it for probably five, yeah. six hours. Um, yeah, it's, it's a love letter to Sony, really. It's, it's, it's very oh, oh, fanboyish. If you like, if you even slightly like your Sony stuff, if you liked any of their systems at all, you're going to find everything in here to sort of satisfy mm-hmm. that that thing. You know, if you if they know did what this the Sony PSP like GPS yeah. add-on is. Chances are you'll love Astro's Playroom. Um, and if you didn't know I, that, you will know it. If you didn't know that, it's great. You're like, oh, look at that. Um, I will say, I, I think it shows there has not been a better game to show off a system's capabilities hmm. since Super Mario World. 
Like this no. shows off literally everything yeah. that the PS5 does. It do, it does the same thing. You know, it's got it's got amazing music. It's got funny little catchy bits here and there. It's got it's got a song about GPUs for God's sakes, which is which oh, yeah. is actually I know, quite great. catchy. I love that song. That song is <laughs> and, wonderful. Until I saw Sony retweet it, I didn't even realize that the. the the, like the big chip in the background is like singing along to it if you watch him when mm-hmm. the lyrics are playing and stuff it's, it's crazy but it's just like i mean so as far as i'm aware i think it's some sort of french designer along with a big team in japan who, who make them and they sort of it seems like a lot of this a lot of music wise seems to have been taken straight from the vr game as well so it's sort of like since i was never really exposed to any of that i'm sort of it just feels completely fresh to me and and I feel oh and yeah it's new to me too. It's like I don't know if you just come across some sort of you know like bu- buzz and sort of silly Sony stuff in the past. You sort of just ignore it because you're like oh, I don't know what this rubbish is. And I was thinking the same walking into this, but I thought I'll give it a chance for once. And I, you know I'm just completely surprised. It's almost like like I said, this is why it's my cheat answer because it is a brand new <laughs> IP to me. I've never touched it before. But there's there's even um. A PSVR headset in there, which shows the trailer for the uh, for the VR game. So, so that, ah, that's great. That, it, you can turn on the PSVR helmet and then stand inside it and watch the trailer play. It's really mad, but yeah. it's like um, I'm a. I need this to be backwards compatible with a new one because I'm. I'm that's the first thing I'm going to pick up for my VR experiences, most likely. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely best best new IP for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for many people else. I, but, I, you know. I would have I, um, loved to have seen a full, like, instead of Sackboy coming out, had it been a full Astrobot platformer, I would, I would have been overjoyed because it is, it is incredible. And just everything about it, when you first feel those kind of, like, force feedback triggers or, you know, when you're the monkey mm-hmm. and you grab onto one of the zippers yeah. that zips you about the place and your controller's going mental and it's just like, <laughs> it does everything perfectly. It just it just shows off the, that controller so well. Most oh. of the joy that me and uh, my daughter got was was just going to the levels and like seeing. Okay, hey, that's blank and that's blank. Um, when I walk in and I see four little astrobots sitting around a campfire playing Monster Hunter, <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, this is adorable. And then I saw the Demon Souls, and I was like, this this is this is the greatest <laughs> pack in game ever. Yeah. Um, it it. it it is a kick in the nostalgia, and it's doing it on purpose, but mm-hmm. it works. There's enough history there for it to work, I, I should say. I don't have my controller to check, but I think we, as a family, are up at 70 or 80 hours of that game. Ooh. That's a lot of Astro's Playroom. It really is. Hey, my son um, even plays the thing. He, he says, yeah. can we play robot games? Oh, it's great for kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Reese, Reese is in love with it. The speedruns and everything, he just, like, Blast through everything. It's great. It's a good, good, good wee game. All right. So, um, our goal is to try to keep this as streamlined as possible, but I can't help it. So, our first gut check answer is going to be inspired by Mike picking Astro's Playroom. What is your favorite IP from this year that is not from this year? It's the new to you IP. Astrobot. Um, myself and I I don't know if I can speak for Craig but Hammerwatch Mm -hmm. it it is it has been a discovery of joy to play Hammerwatch and its sequel it it is absolutely amazing 
Yeah, I, I until we played Hammer Watch, I, th- I thought there wasn't a lot of new stuff. I know um, one of my future answers is, is covers this question as well, so I wouldn't say the name of it. But de- I'll go with Hammer Watch as well. It's been fab, and I, we've loved our co-op recently. Uh, so coming off the back of Divinity, straight on to trying to play what did we go like Hammer Watch, and we played some Gauntlet, Ooh. and then Hammer Gauntlet, Watch Two, yeah. and. All this kind of stuff. It's like I I'm just loving this and Hammer the latest Hammer Watch. Just it's we're getting at the start of it and it looks like it's going to be amazing. Uh somebody once said it looks like a cracker, so I'm going to oh, go yeah. with it's a cracker. <laughs> All right, so so starting from that high down to a middle is uh, games from this year that you didn't quite get but you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for um, me, this is very simple, very quick answer, and that is Cyberpunk. Hmm. I am sure we will be talking about Cyberpunk later. I'll so talk I'm just about it. Leave it at that. It. So my very um, quick and very simple answer is Ghost of Tsushima. Just to quote Luke from the last four answers, because uh, <laughs> I wanted to get it and I just have not had the time. With everything else going on, just haven't had the time to pick it up and. I think well, no, this is supposed to be games that you've played and you bounced off of, but you really want to enjoy. Like, ah, I'm just not getting it. Ah, uh, that, that game oh. you didn't quite get to, but want to, doesn't say that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I know, I know. I, I, I'm uh, sorry. I thought it meant games you've already got, and you might have dabbled in a little bit, but you've not managed to get any oh, okay. time with That's yet. kind of what I was going for. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I definitely could have worded this question. I will oh, lash sorry. myself five times after this is done. Okay, in that case... I'm sorry. Um, I looked at the video um, for Ghost of Tsushima and decided that I just wanted to get to it, but I didn't quite get a chance to get it. How about that? I'm sticking with No, no, answer. yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Uh, well, I'll, I'll change mine. I mean, originally it was 13 Sentinels because I've only spent two hours with it, but um, <laughs> I don't want to spend more. But yeah. I've got I've... a good one. Oh, sorry, Mike. Sorry, I thought you finished. Go, go, go. Oh, yeah, for me, it'd be a game I haven't bought yet, but I really wanted to get, but Astrobot sort of put me off the idea of it, but now I'm sort of gelling with the idea of maybe getting it, which would be Demon Souls on PS5, which was supposed to be my first game to go with it, but obviously never happened. Ah, uh, okay. I just don't feel, I don't feel I've gelled with it. I've seen a few little things. I've seen some funny looking characters in it and thought, I'm not sure on that. Thought, you're, I've, you're, I've still it, got the you, original. It is very much, you're paying $70 for a graphical remake. I can wait then. It is. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I am tempted. I, mean, I, I am very tempted. Souls. It does look... It looks... It's a cracker. Uh, <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> okay, Craig. Um, Luke's answer? Well, well uh, Luke's answer was Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, see, he got what I was going for. Hmm. So, so, I'll just say... Uh, then I'll change my answer out and I will say Sinking City because I have started that like ten times over the past two years... And it's I your still... murdered soul suspect. <laughs> I did play murdered soul suspect this year, so now I'm ca- next year I'll play Sinking City. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, I'd like you guys to elaborate. Like uh, Mike, me and you are both big Vanillaware guys. Yeah. Um, why did you bounce off of Thirteen Sentinels? I didn't bounce off it in the slightest. There's a case of it sat there and I, I I know it's going to take about 30 hours to complete and I want that to be absolute premium time with nothing else to worry me at all it's one of those funny oh, things where you like okay. I unlocked the first few trophies I got the first gist of it and I was thinking this is this would probably be very high on my game of the year list this year but I've 
I've staved off it. I've got it there. I've bought it in case it's limited because we know what Atlas games can be like. They can be hard yep. to get after a while. So I had to get it quick while it was about 28 odd pounds. And I thought, that's a deal. I'm, I'm having that. That's going in the vault. And, uh, and, yeah, it's a special yeah. occasion game. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the essential purchase for me. This It didn't matter whether it came out on the PS3 or the Vita or anything. I would have got it anyway. But it, it had to it's come It's been me. forever. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it, and it looks amazing. It, it feels amazing. It, it looks nice on PS5. But I just put it down and I thought, I can't be playing other games at the same time as it. And I've got a lot on the schedule. I've got the podcast stuff. I think it's when I get a, a good break. When I, when I declare myself dead for six months then I'll play that or maybe replay it we'll I'll let me know because I'd like to be at your funeral <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no no don't, don't bother uh, I'm going to announce it annul it at some point okay alright well let me know when you do it for real alright okay. we'll leave it at that <laughs> uh, Craig so why are you bouncing off of Sinking City I'm not bouncing off of it I just it's just something else pops up I don't know this was the perfect year to do it because I went on my gaming murder binge my murder puzzle binge and I still didn't get around to doing it and I just genuinely have no idea why I think it's because in my head I think it's going to be a worse Sherlock Holmes or or a on par murdered soul suspect or something you know what it's in my head that it's not going to be premium not that they ever are not that any of them are no 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 yeah yeah those games are never (laughs) premium (laughs) you know like all that frog whalesy type stuff you're a bit like oh okay I'll play it it always ends up being good. I'll get there. I will get there. It's going to be oh, yeah, my yeah, New Year's yeah. resolution for this year. I mean, I mean, for me, um, I, I purchased that around the same time I purchased Call of Cthulhu, and you know how I am Lovecraft stuff. And the Sinking City grabbed me right away, whereas Call of Cthulhu was like, ew. So yeah, I mean, I'm still going to play through Call of Cthulhu. It's just yeah, sometimes things grab you, sometimes they don't. That's mm-hmm. yeah, so how it goes. Call of Cthulhu um, looks a bit like a rubbish sort of Resident Evil Seven, doesn't it? Where you thought sort of go through the from what jail I gather, it's more go, yeah, it's more like a rubbish walking simulator with very, very, very light combat. Can I overindulge it's not you like... and give a correct answer? <laughs> yes. Apologies. Gears of War Tactics. I've I've jumped into that game multiple times and I just find it fucking boring. Um, apologies for the swearing. It's it's really boring. Why? It, it looks. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you're going to edit these out, but yeah, it looks it it looks nice. It it plays quite nice, but it just feels something about it just makes me go, "Oh, this is it's quite boring." <laughs> Turn it off again. For, for me, I haven't checked it out yet because I packed my Xbox One away until I get a Series X somewhere down the line. Um, but for me, I I you know how you do that thing where it's like, okay, I enjoyed this game. And I'm looking forward to one that's coming out that's going to be like it. But I, if yeah. something comes in between, I don't want to play that until the one I had originally had my mind set on. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, that's me with Phoenix Point. My next game, like XCOM, was going to be Phoenix Point. And mm. it still hasn't come out yet. And so it's like, well, I, I can't play Gears until I play Phoenix Point. So At least Phoenix Point I haven't is the original it story. It feels like... Feels like this one's like uh, you know Star Wars episodes one to three, where you're like, did I really need to know what happened before Gears of War or things like that? You know, it's like it's a bit of a oh, yeah. throwaway yeah. thing. You know, no no real point to it. I don't know. Yeah, that can but, make it tough too. Mm. All right. So speaking of games that are not from this year, uh, which I don't know if we did or not, but I'm trying to segue like a boss. So uh, games that are not from this year that are your game of the year. 
Divinity Original Sin. Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that was my choice. Yeah, really? That, that also yeah. is my choice. <laughs> <laughs> Divinity Original Sin 3. No, uh, <laughs> Gate 3. Baldur's Gate right. 3. Uh, yeah, so so like Craig said, this uh, I've been waiting on Divinity Sin 2 because I knew we were going to do it for the podcast at some point. And mm. then Craig was all like, look, I'm going to play it. And I'm well, let's let's do co-op. And uh, this is the first time I've experienced Original Sin 2. And boy, mm. does it make the first game look basic. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, it is. It's 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 more fun in every regard. Even the story is better. Which I mean, it wouldn't be hard, but um, yeah, I, I think the Original Sin Two is one of the best games I've played. Period. Not to ruin it for the podcast or anything, but I I have I I basically went on a like a four hour streak of starting it off properly, and um, none of it really made any sense to me. But I'm under the impression that you are. That it starts to make sense further you go into it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of yeah. one of those starts in the middle of the story, and then you kind of find right. both directions. But not that can't be said about the original, which was the game I played towards the start of the year. It feels like it was last year at this point, but the thing is, I spent so long with it, and it was ace. It was just like a, you know, the perfect sort of Diablo two-ish sort of game, sort of cheesy. But I didn't mind game gameplay was king on it, and all the battles were ace and. It just felt like everything was great. It wasn't like as, as super flexible as you, as I'm, I'm assuming the second one might be, but but it just felt like second one's very flexible. That it just felt like the world the world was just completely open to whatever you wanted to do within reason in the battles of throwing barrels about all sorts of things. I was basically stashing stuff in some sort of picture frame somewhere and going back to it all the time. <laughs> it, it was a world I was living in, and the music was ace as well. And it's, it's terrible to know that the uh, the composer of that game passed away, I think, shortly after it or something like that. But oh, his, that's a shame. His, his music. So that's that's why I was a bit worried about the second one. But uh, second so far, one has great music. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, does. Um, yeah. So I'm quite I'm quite excited, and I've been watching all Larry Larry and Di- Diaries and stuff. So I'm sort of yeah. I love Larry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if I get this right, the answers to these are Divinity Original Sin, and then two Divinity Original Sin twos, and then Luke has maybe put Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> what has, what has no! Luke put? Because <laughs> that put this that came out this year. Uh, Luke put Days Gone. Okay. I can, which um, looks looks very fine on the PS5, may I add? I can I can see that. I I played that not thinking it wasn't going to be that much, but it actually totally was pretty decent. Um, and to close this off, because a spoiler, we are going to be doing an episode on Divinity: Original Sin Two. Um, at some point, it's it's a long game, so we got to work things out. But Divinity is like one of two. RPG franchises where you get excited every time there's a battle. That very rarely happens. But you're like, oh, yes, I get to huck an oil barrel at something and then explode it. You just have fun with the battle system. It's great. All right. So next up, we have our favorite remaster collection or re-release of this year. Um, Luke and I both have the same answer, and that is Final Fantasy VII. I will be talking about this game later, so I'm going to make it brief and uh, try to be Luke and say, oh, I can't do a Luke. I just can't. Oh, hello. My name's so Luke. So instead... And I'm come from tr- the northeast of Scotland. 
<laughs> I will try to do it in my best Ray Romano voice. Ah, oh, gee, it's great. You got Final <laughs> Fantasy clouds in there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was Ray Romano tapping in to speak for Luke. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is amazing. We will be talking about it later. Moving on to Craig. Yes. Uh, this, what, what? Oh, so the, this, the, the start of this year started off in my Yakuza binge, so it was the Yakuza collection, which meant that I now have all Yakuza's accessible on one system, apart from that, it's amazing, one. right? It's, it's it's brilliant. Um, it's it was just great. It, it filled out my now full Kiryu knowledge. I've yet to play through like a third, the last third to four, and I've played five before, but I'm going to replay it, and then that'll be me all caught up, just in time for whatever comes next. Um, it's great. It's, it's just a nice wee package. There's nothing really super special about it. it came in a standard case. You put the disc in and it installs the game. You know, like, it's, it's just, there's nothing about it other than it brings all these games to oh, I, the modern I console. highly value, like um, like Capcom did with Mega Man. They're like, no, 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 no. We want to make sure you can play the entire franchise on yep. one system. So even 10 years from now, all you still you can still get everything on one system as yeah. opposed to, all right, I got to play this one on the SNES and this one on the PlayStation 1 and this one. That is, that's really frustrating, even to me. But yeah. Um, yeah, I love it when a company's like, nope, here, play our entire collection. Yeah. Have at it. Even if it's nothing special. It's fab. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that leaves me who's pretty much, when you say favorite remaster collection or re-release, that's that's most of the games I've bought all year. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, I did have a little quick go on Final Fantasy VII and that's, that is quite special, isn't it? But my choice for this year is going to be Resident Evil 3, which was released pretty much in the middle of the madness, uh, alongside Animal Crossing, a good little companion piece. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like Resident Evil 3. I thought it wasn't much like Resident Evil 3, but it was better in some ways, worse in other ways. Um, felt like a very solid follow-up to Resident Evil 2. Um, there's there's a lot going on there. A lot of uh, don't know how to put it. It felt like loads and loads of cool little extra bits, and I was like, sort of like just racing around. Quite quite a quick finish, but I didn't feel too bad about it because I sort of felt like I was busy all the time. There's uh, well, not to mention, I mean, we both played the original, which was also just as short. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, uh, and to be honest, I never I never tried to do alternate endings on the original. Unfortunately, um, I was a bit too destroyed by Resident Evil 2 at the time, which had sort of given me way too many endings as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I really like it. I really like it. There's a few little bits I wouldn't have minded it showing, but uh, you know, a bit more with like the, it was a bit more fleshed out towards the start in the original. And I don't know, I think I was sort of making bits up here and there and thinking, was this origi- originally in it? Or some iconic bits weren't appearing and things like that. but generally I would yeah. like the giant worm giant worm was fun in the first one but um mm. now I feel like Capcom has now completely obsoleted the first three like you have the remaster Resident Evil 2 and now 3 do you yeah. still feel like there would be a reason to go back to the original Playstation uh well for Gun Survivor 
<laughs> there, 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 there is gun survivor. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but like, like, do you would you ever see yourself playing Resident Evil Two on the PlayStation One or Resident Evil Three? I mean, I think the so. RE One remaster. So. Really, there's a lot. There's a lot of baggage attached to it. Yeah, there's a lot of memories connected to it. I remember every, every one. Of, I remember where I was every single one of those that I played. And I remember hell of a lot about it. I, I don't think it's it's too, too far gone to return to. Um, oh no, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's too far gone. But I meant like other than nostalgia. Like if somebody would say, "Hey, I want to start playing Resident Evil," would you <laughs> recommend any of the PlayStation ones? I, I always, I always stand by the director's cut. I think that's ace. I think that's always really faff about with just for the the weird things that it throws in, <laughs> like the uh, music that that weird, weird, weird music. Oh, there's all sorts of crazy little things like where you go out onto the balcony and fight that fight that guy, and then like the dogs bursting at different points all sorts of weird little things that you wouldn't expect and sort of well sort of do expect but yeah there's there's loads of cool little quirks to the director's cut which i always liked so i'd always put that one and be like oh do you want to play resident evil well you're not going to remember this bit (laughs) (laughs) i know for me the the re1 remaster that they did on gamecube that completely Mm. just wiped the floor with uh director's cut or dual shock edition yeah but yeah, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed Resident Evil Three. The, mm-hmm. the remaster was very good. So. And Nemesis is my boy. I like Nemesis. All right. So next up, um, uh, kind of along the same lines that me and Mike were just talking about, uh, what hype train for you lived up to the hype? Because there was one big game this year that had the biggest, baddest hype train I've ever seen. Um, for me, it was Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, the moment you put Dragon Quest and a number on the end of it, I am the most excited little boy in the world. Uh, so I was very excited to hit Dragon Quest Eleven, And in, in a year where I have played some of the best JRPGs I've ever played in my entire life, Dragon Quest still exceeded the expectations I had for it. Like, this, this it, it's always a, kind of a bad feeling when the latest game in the series is always your favorite it's kind of like your favorite team is the team that wins syndrome you don't like doing that but before 11 came out 8 was my favorite dragon quest like hands down loved 8 and i think this did everything 8 did but better except for the fact that it didn't have yangus in it i That's thought there was a joke coming there you said the most hyped game ever for a 2018 release did I say t- no? No, I have what hype train lived up to the hype? That was it. <laughs> no, I thought you meant the the hype train which which derailed. I thought you were talking about that, the most hyped game of all time. Or thought you talked about Cyberpunk. Oh no, the, <laughs> I was, I was. <laughs> okay, but yeah, this this year has been a giant hype train year for a lot of things, um, which is why this question is here. But yeah, um, uh, Dragon Quest mm. knocked it out of the park for me. I I loved that game. I plan on going back and trying to platinum it later, but right now I'm, I'm just letting it kind of ferment so this, a bit. This is the vanilla one, not the the S version. Yep, I, I haven't played the S version yet. Okay, okay. Um, Luke, <laughs> Luke's answer is. <clears throat> let me do my Luke voice. It's Final Fantasy VII. Come on. <laughs> um. So that's his answer. Which again, yeah, that was a hell of a game. Uh, Craig. My, my game is, in fact, the massive hype train to end all hype trains of Cyberpunk. Because for me, 
it did live up to the hype train and I have loved every moment of it. The 100 plus hours I've played in the past few weeks um, have been some of the best gaming I've done in a long, long time. And yeah, I've loved it, what's and all. Uh, just to be as clear, long as I am, you're playing it on PS5. <laughs> just, yeah, to be clear, I'm playing it on a PS5. I have played it on my PS4 and it's a disaster. Uh, Shocking would be the word. I don't in any way, shape or form condone or support anything about the release or I'd, like they should have waited. It should have been a PS5 release. I can say all of these things, but at the end of the day, that game, the world, the story, everything is, it feels like if you said, Craig... What kind of game do you fancy playing? It's just, it's got all the component parts that built it for me. So, yeah. yeah. It does feel like we live in an echo chamber sometimes, doesn't it? Because, I mean, I played it on PC and I didn't I didn't play it for too long, but there wasn't anything really going wrong with it that I could see. I didn't fully enjoy it too much, but at the same point, I, I didn't see anything which made me think yeah. this shouldn't be I've released had- or anything like that. I've had a few crashes. I told Dave that I got there was a set of stairs that if I went up the left side of the set of stairs it would crash, but the right side wouldn't. Um, there's a particularly difficult end boss, and it crashed when he was at like five percent health, which is just sad. <laughs> <laughs> and wee things like that, but I didn't see like the penis glitch. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, I have. It's great. Pe- penises just popping out of people wearing jeans and things like that. I never saw any of that. Um, I didn't experience, you know, like crash after crash after cr- none of that. It's been mostly silky smooth. Uh, um, yeah. for my experience with it, I, 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 Cyberpunk wasn't the game I was hoping it was, but the game it is is still pretty good. Um, I put twenty one hours into it, looking at my little thingy there. I got maybe three or four crashes in 24, 21 hours. So not terrible, especially when you spent the year playing Pathfinder. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of, I agree with Craig. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, they should not have released this for anything other than next gen systems. Yeah. That was dumb and greedy and really stupid. Oh my, I just, I just looked at the, we think it's 117 hours. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, the, the, it, it, it was an embarrassment on last gen stuff it really is oh uh, but i'm sure we'll talk about it more oh we'll talk we will talk about it later <laughs> so mike you're yeah. that lived up to the high train uh, okay okay so so luke came up with a bold suggestion of doing uh luigi's mansion free for the pod and i know it's i know it's last year game now but I, yeah, I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought it was as good as all the reviews said it could potentially be. In fact, maybe a little bit better. I Yeah, I really enjoyed it for the podcast. And uh, I've not gone back to it or anything of the sort. I've still got the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just thought it was a really solid game. Um, nice addition to the collection. Cannot really fault it, to be honest. Probably won't no, be I can't, I can't fault it too hard either. I mean... It, well, we did an episode on it, but yeah, um, yeah, I like I like the Weeds Mansion three. Huh. Yeah, there wasn't right. that much hype no. for it, was there? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of that. Well, I mean, yeah, but this is personal hype. There wasn't. Well, yeah. there was a lot of hype for both those other games, but um, all right. So next, we got a one where I don't really have a good answer for part A of the question. 
But uh, the best-looking 2D game you've played this year and the best-looking 3D game you've played this year. Uh, well, I don't mind jumping in straight away because uh, one of the games I played qu- uh, quite early in the year, I think it was, was uh, Streets of Rage 4, which I think is a oh. really nice-looking 2D game. Um, it does it look G- nice. Pass and Yeah, it is. I mean... A lot of people were really off put. Well, from what I read, anyway, on the internet, I don't know who those people are, but they they were saying this looks terrible. It looks like a flash thing, all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking, come on, man! Double Dragon Neon got got past it somehow, and that looks a bit of a that still looks a bit of a shocker, to be honest. But Streets of Rage Four, I think it 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 has its own style. It looks good. It pretty much holds its own throughout the entirety of the game you never get too much repeats of things so it's sort of yeah visually quite a striking game and um you know now i've got it on the series s as well it's got that auto hdr thing which makes it look a tiny bit flashier not too much but yeah yeah i'm, I'm really happy with it either on the pc or on the xbox looks good still plays good but yeah we're talking about looks and 2d that takes it for me um Although, having said that, now that I'm thinking on that, I've made a huge mistake because if you play 13 Sentinels, that looks a little bit better. But I'm going to stick with Streets of Rage 4 <laughs> because that's the one I originally said. Um, out of, 3D out side. Of the two? Yep. Oh, oh, oh God. No, no, Sorry, no. I was just going to no, talk about Streets of Rage for a second. Out of the two? Um, I am, out of the two, I would put Streets of Rage above 13 Sentinels because 13 Sentinels looks a lot like Odin Sphere in terms of like its art design and the way characters move. It does, so but I, I, there I, is it. You have to see it. You have to see it in motion. There's there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of cool okay. poses. There's a lot of um, a lot of bespoke animation. You you know what Vanillaware are like. They're they're crazy. When, yeah. When they yeah. release something, it's it's basically the best two D you can get with it's sacrifices made to any vanilla. Yeah. It's, it's it's the good stuff. I, um, but Streets of Rage Four, for sake of argument, because it was written down first, is gonna win this one. Um, well, I like like Streets of Rage Four to me looked like the remaster of um, Wonder Boy and Monster Kingdom Land World Four, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, the Dragon's Trap. Yeah, it's the same same developers. Yeah, there you go. I remember right, and and yeah, they. Oh yeah, I it, think it looked ace. Oh yeah, they've, they've put all the effort in it. It it does look amazing. The fact that it manages to sit next to Thirteen Sentinels is quite an achievement, to be honest. Um, but if you've not played it, I'd I'd give it a go because gameplay wise, it's a great game as well. Normally, I find it hard to recommend a good-looking rubbish game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that is definitely a, start, a stamp of quality. Um, the the retro stuff looks a bit funny. It's sort of a bit sort of you know just sneaks in there. But there's all kind of cool things you can change. Like a few different sprites, you can say, you know, I don't want to be picking up chickens. I'd rather pick up donuts or something like that. You can change all the little things around it. But visually, it looks good. It's got enough throwbacks to everything. All the all the old characters look good. Axel looks ace now. Blaze looks good. Adam looks good. Uh, they're all there. And, Axel new, looks like he put on characters. a few pounds, which I'm okay with. Yeah, it looks like it looks um, like a dad Ryu off Street Fighter Five a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> which you will know if you've played me online on Street Fighter Five. But um, yes, yes, the beard. Um, so. What I wanted to say was like, I, and I also want to give uh, the developers. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the developers. Do you uh, remember, Mike? I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Sorry. So no, that's fine. Uh, I want to give the developers a big old thumbs up because if there's one more game that comes out with a is pixel it, aesthetic, 
No, Somebody should be dot. shot. Mm, mm. It's not dot email. I'm getting something like that. It might be dot email. Okay. It might be dot email. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. But shall I do 3D while I'm here? Just get yes. out of the way. Go right ahead. Well, well, ugh, there's one game which has weighed heavily on me throughout the entire entirety of the year, and that would be The Last of Us Part Two, which is. For, for my money, the most visually impressive, including any PS5 stuff, the most visually Im- impressive thing I've played all year, and it's it's absolutely amazing. Everything is tweaked and sort of like you, you couldn't I don't know, there's I don't like saying it's witchcraft because that's a, that's a cheating way out but they've just <laughs> done a lot when you look at something like modern warfare which is also visually a very high bar you can see a few of the seams you can see when you turn a t- corner too quick you might see a white little thing flash in where they put all the textures in place and stuff like that but the last of us doesn't have even that and it, the amount of scale it has it, it goes to all these different environments it, it pushes you into all sorts of places i don't think they take a single step wrong in the entirety of it if you look extremely hard you could maybe say a place that you can't visit isn't modeled absolutely as well as it could be but you're never going to go there anyway and you'll only see it by zooming in three times with a sniper rifle or something like that but it's like everything there's there's just I don't know, maybe this is something where in 10 years I'll come back and I'll say, oh, look at that. There's, there's not even any bits of soil between all the grass, grass blades or something like that. Um, I don't know. But well, it, I was going to say, they're two for two, right? Because like Last of Us 1 was some of the best PS3 graphics yeah. you could push. And now this is some of the best PS4 graphics you could push. You could You could argue that The Last of Us Remastered maybe pushes it, it polishes it up a tiny bit too much to the point where Without a bit of heavy film grain, you can see a few of the little seams finally cracking through now. But Last of Us Part 2 comes in and it basically says, this is going to be running at you know, a, well, 1440p, but we'll call it 4K for the sake of argument. And we say it, 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 fills, it fills the screen. It fills the screen with as much stuff as you can get away with it. It lives up to all those videos which you thought, is this CGI or, you know, it's, it's one of those. It just does it. And again, being a good game at the same time as being visually amazing helps. So, uh, yeah, no, no question on it. 3D, it's got it. Alright. Has um, anyone? Have any of you played it? No, no. not yet. I'm waiting for PS5. Ooh. It's it's gonna happen. It will. It will. I, I was hoping on an upgrade, but I don't think that's gonna happen. It'll probably be a re-release. So, uh, oh yeah, it's been long um, enough where it will be a, a, a re-release. Mm. I want to see the multiplayer yeah. side as well. But that's something that I've missed from the first one. That was a that was a good one. Nice follow up to a Uncharted two. Yeah, the first multiplayer. one multiplayer was okay. Yeah, I played a, a good chunk on PS4. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So um, here, here's a question I have for you guys. Cool. I'll just uh, I won't remember... answer that question then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> earlier in this year we played a game that was a listener request. Had the sonorous tones of Queen Latifah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Do you count that as 3D or 2D? Uh, I was worried. 3D. 3D. I'd call it 3D. Okay. Stylistic 3D. Okay. Okay. Uh, So, um, well, first, let's get Luke's off the table. Street Fighter, Street Fighter 4. Boy, that was a long time ago. Streets (laughs) of Rage 4 wins for his 2D. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. take a wild guess what wins for his 3D, guys. Come on, you can do it. Um, the, the Tsushima ghosts. 
Yay! <laughs> we have a winner. Uh, yes, so evidently Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. looks great. Very quick point. Did anyone else see ghosts all the time mentioned by people and think, is he talking about Call of Duty? And then realize, oh no. (laughs) I did, actually. (laughs) I'm like, wow, that seems a little late. (laughs) Uh, All right, so my picks were, and I didn't play a lot of 2D games this year. I just didn't do it other than like old Nintendo games I decided to replay and stuff like that. Um, So this year I'm going to take an old game and say this is the best 2D I've seen all year, and that's Plants vs. Zombies. Like we replayed it for the podcast this year. Yep, I everything about that game is just amazing. Specifically, the art direction, like it, it is great. Um, original, we did original an episode Plants on Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I absolutely, I would have plushies of every single one of those stupid plants if I could. Oh. Um, but we did an episode on it, so I'm going to leave that be. And mm-hmm. for 3D, it's going to be Sinara Wild Hearts. Like, I didn't play any other game this year that looked anywhere near as cool as that game looked. And, I mean, there were great examples of 3D, kind of like um, Mike was saying, like Last of Us or even Yakuza looked great. Mm -hmm. But nothing was that unique that I played this year. So, yeah, that's my my winner. Hmm. Um, I I changed one of my answers just much to Dave's distraughtness, I assume. For my 2D, um, I remembered at the last minute we played Darkest Dungeon this year as well. And I love the look of that game so, so very oh, much. it's good stuff. I'd um, almost made it mine. Uh, and I think, yeah, so it's it's a good game. The music's good and the look complete. It's just it's just the holy trinity of, of awesomeness. So I'm going to say Darkest Dungeon. Even though there's only like three frames of animation for each attack and all of this kind of, you know, there's... there's there's gaps and that's more for visual design, yeah, than yeah. animation. Um, hey, you're right. I the, think the tight ass of the podcast finally got it for free off the Epic Game Store the other week, and I'll, <laughs> I'll agree, it looks nice. Does it look nice? It's, it's good. Oh, good, good, good. You should totally let us know what you think of it when you yeah. when you play it. Um, my best looking 3D game has already been mentioned. Obviously, uh, for me, is Cyberpunk because it's taken what I loved about something like Mankind Divided's Prague. And then it's crammed all of the neon from Camarocho and <laughs> all of the moodiness of somewhere like Arkham City and the interest in architecture and turned it into just a fantastic place to cruise about. And so it's not like if you get out of your car and run up close to someone, I'm not talking about graphic fidelity and that person looks like a real person and blah, and individual blades of grass. I'm just meaning for my eyeballs. I just I was blown away by it, and it was, you just drive about. It's so densely packed with stuff. There's we a kabuki market you go into in Japan Town, and you're like, this is like a living, cool, awesome market, and it's everything's interesting and everything's graphically designed up to the eyeballs. There's debauchery everywhere, and you know, like horrible, overly sexualized posters, and there's a feel to it. And then you move to a different area, and it's it's something else. And I just like that place quite a lot. Although I could, it be... feels like a genuine city. Yeah, like, to be honest, it, it does feel really good. It's it's really good. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's me. All right, that's fair enough. All right, so moving on from things that made our eyeballs eyegasm, mm-hmm. let's go to things that made our earballs eargasm. Oh, yeah. I guess <laughs> uh, best soundtrack of the year. 
Craig has again Final Fantasy Seven. Craig uh, does. I do. No, oh, Luke does. Sorry, sorry, Luke does. <laughs> sorry, that's my Luke voice. <laughs> you guys have been friends with him for like four years. You don't recognize his voice. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I personally have down Bard's Tale four. Um, Excuse me. What was that? I f- Bard's Tale four. Oh, okay, okay. So, I have a weird history of of hating any game, any game that has lyrics in its music because it's generally. It's either like the end is simply the night Celine Dion wannabe, or it's terrible, terrible, terrible pirate music. Um, At first God. we and... went to the shops today. <laughs> uh, Bard's Tale 4 has some of the best lyrical music I've ever heard in a game, and it sounds so bloody Gaelic you will come out wearing a kilt on the other end of it. Um, there were many times I just kind of chilled and listened to the music in Bard's Tale 4, which d- appropriately for the, the name of the game, but, um, even though I enjoyed the game, uh, the music was by far the standout. I, this is something I would buy on a CD if I could. It's really good music. Okay. Good. Uh, it turns out I, I actually played a Bard's Tale game this year, too, is it a Bard's Tale <laughs> ARPG remastered and re-snarked? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's the one with, uh, what's his name? Kerry Owis as the main voice actor. I have uh, no idea. Yeah, this uh, was this was a pure achievement run thing. To, to oh, yeah. That, that, that was good back in the PS2 days. Uh, not, so, not so good now. Um, mm. the, the, the main Bard's Tale games play like, uh, you know, Might and Magic? Like yeah. the first person dungeon crawly, Legend of Grimrocky kind of games? When I just said yes, then, I think I meant no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ultima Underworld. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so, first person, dungeon crawly, you know, oop, have to find the secret switch the inside the wall. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, something like I have the holder. Okay. It's that, those are the main kind of bard style games. Um, hmm. I wouldn't suggest it to anybody that doesn't have an affinity for that, but everybody should listen to music. Okay, okay. Um, for for me, it was uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening on the Switch. It was a toss up between Switch games this year. I I put a very small amount of time into Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and a lot of time into uh, Link's Awakening. And of course, being being something that I remember from many many years ago when it was pretty much first released, it was amazing just to hear those songs come back, hearing them flourish a bit with a bit of sort of orchestrated effects. And yeah, it's. It's just every every one of those songs means something to me. So it was uh, e- even the silly sort of like Frog Prince music or the <laughs> you know all, all the cheesy stuff. Yeah, it it works. It works. It's it's well, it's, it's the perfect Zelda soundtrack. I'm happy with it. As somebody who has zero affinity for uh, Link's Awakening, uh, I've listened to the, the the new soundtrack a couple times in while I was taking a bath, and uh, it's a pretty good soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty good. It's tell, Telltale Heights is uh isn't that in Smash Brothers and all that as well? It must be. It has to be. I believe I, so. I, I yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm terrible with track names, but yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Cool, cool, cool. Well, that's that's pleasure, a pleasure. Great. Craig. Yes. I know. I know. This I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You I'm, answer. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Um. So my my soundtrack, uh, of the year is. A byproduct of the type of game it is, which is Pistol Whip. So it's a 3D kind of half rails, awesome John Wick simulator. The music 
is incredible in it and because it's like a beaty timed game that involves shooting people, ducking, dodging, diving and it looks great it just every single time I've listened to it on PC every time time I hear it I tense up because I'm like right I'm ready to shoot I can see you know like the tracks in my head and, and they just released an update to it where there's a whole extra game and stuff it's just one of those ones where the experience lends itself to the music I've played a few um, kind of beat games this year like I've played the rest of Beat Saber and Odica and all of this kind of stuff but nothing quite hit the heights of Pistol Whip for me um, What what is Pistol Whip Craig? I've never heard it's, of it It's kind of like so imagine you're it's a VR environment you have a gun maybe a gun in each hand you move forward at a continual pace while enemies jump out and shoot at you and you've got to shoot them while dodging bullets kind of like a John Wick film or, like or to uh, keep it to the realm of video games, like super hot. Oh yeah, when you're like, dodging, it's like super hot and rails. Ah, okay. It's it's very, good. it's very very good. It's it's very good. Um, again, one of those ones that sells VR. I ranted on about it a wee while, I, and like I hit the platinum over the course of a couple of days or something ridiculous like this. It was that good, and my thighs were killing me because all the squatting, and it was just. Solid fun times. But what what sort of what sort of music or soundtrack is it then? Is it so? It's every there's something like fourteen levels, and each one is is got a different theme, like a cinema theme. So one of them is kind of oh, like right. a wee bit of a. It's called the Replicants, and it's a, a funny take on. Um, what's that Harrison Ford film? <laughs> Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, it's that that I really should watch Blade Runner. So Vangelis uh, music. So kinda like yeah, and then it'll move to like a um a gothic type one with rocky mm. goth music in a graveyard and stuff like that. So it's it's all themed on on various various films. There's a drive esque one that's got that electro pop beat music on and nice, thing you know nice. you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, the stuff you want to test your headphones to. Exactly. So it, it, cool. it's good. It's good. Hmm. All right. Cool. Uh, sticking with the audio format, uh, best voice acting this year. Luke's is Days Gone, but don't worry. I brought him up with the Final Fantasy VII pick because I, I think I think that deserves special note because these are characters that are so ingrained in everybody's head. Mm. And they all sound different in everybody's head, mm-hmm. but the moment you heard them talk in that game, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's the voice." Yeah, yeah. I think I like, think like, Barrett initially had me a bit wary, but he's he's growing on me. Oh, see, that Barrett was the one I was like, "All right, this is the bar. If they get Barrett right with just yeah. enough Mister T in there, <laughs> this is great." Um, <laughs> but even even like Cloud and Aerith, like. I never would have been able to cast those myself. I don't know what they sound like. I think they nailed it out of the park with yeah, uh, every casting choice. It is quite amazing, isn't it? I was like, I mean, I've only played a few hours, but I was like going, these lines didn't, you, you had to really interpret them originally. And you're like, what, who is this cloud guy? What's he doing? But it's straight out of the gate. He's sort of nailing them exactly as you'd want to have thought of them, say about five hours into it or something like that in the original. So yeah, 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 you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I what concur. about you guys? Yeah. Um, mine was yeah, because I like a dragon. 
uh, mostly because I love I loved when they did it in Judgment as well. But listening to the English soundtrack, not only are they well voice acted and they all sound like they should, but the crazy shit they say in English is just fantastic. I just I just love it. Um, and it, it might be suffering a wee bit from you know recently played and all this kind of stuff. But I, I, I like I, I liked very much. I don't think there was any duds in there. And no, they, they voiced Kiryu, man. I know they got yeah. Kiryu right. It's great. So yeah, that's short and sweet and to the point. But that's that's me, this Yakuza. And bonus points for uh, lip syncing. Oh yeah, bit. absolutely. That's, that's amazing. Um, for me though, that I don't think they lip sync this for Japanese, but. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two makes its return once again. Once again, it, <laughs> you know, it is it is the Hollywood movie. It's Sony's big, big Hollywood juggernaut, which is probably going to go to HBO or Netflix or somewhere else sometime soon. In fact, I'm pretty sure it, it is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, there's not really much more to say on it. It's you know, top class production. As That's expected. Troy Baker, man. That guy's just that guy's the yeah. new Nolan North. Oh, I, I think everyone works well. I think all, all new new cast, all, all sorts. Is, everyone's I didn't everyone's check. doing it right. Is it the same Ellie? Yeah, yeah, same Ellie. Oh, good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. You know, just ev, ev, it doesn't seem like it's got to any of the heads. They're all still performing at top notch as as with the first game. Uh, yeah, can't fault it. Can't fault it really. Right. The most difficult game you've played this year. Go on, I'll I'll bite. So, yeah, the the I don't know if this even how you pronounce it, but the Vizara collection on the Switch, which is a collection of shoot 'em ups um which I didn't know what to expect. There's a there's a really bad thing that can happen. Uh sorry to divulge divert a bit from the no, it's fine. track, but I'm very cautious these days of what seems to be clogging the market, which is like uh, the Super Horror Collection, free great games from unknown publisher you've never heard of before. And it's pretending that they're like 80s games, which are repurposed, when really they're just like shovelware. I, I, don't, I can't think of a nicer term for them, really. It's the but, three movies on a disc at Walmart, yeah. Ben. Yeah, and the Zara Collection, it's, it's, it's not that bad to be honest you sort of you blast through it and then you get to the final stage and it basically goes we didn't tell you this before you may have been able to continue the previous levels but on the last level we're not going to give you any continues at all and i was like well that's a pain in the ass i've got to play this last level over and over to actually get good at the game <laughs> and that goes against <laughs> the complete ethos of shoot 'em ups you know people try and master the first or at least people i've seen try and master the first level and move from there but um yeah, once it got to that last level and started throwing that stuff at me, I was like, oh, I'm not sure on this. I didn't really like it much anyway. But it was it was difficult to get along with, and I sort of just found it generally difficult that it threw that hurdle up at me at the last second. I was just like, I don't know. It's hard and difficult in many ways. Um, um yeah, like like I I knew Vis- uh, I've played Vasara a bunch on um like Mame stuff, right? Like when I went on a giant shmup binge. Yeah. And they're not the worst, and mm. they're certainly not the best. They're absolutely middle tier. Like they're they're no Mars Matrix, man. They're just mm, mm. Mm. 
right there in the middle. Um, and yeah, that last level, that last level thing is kind of BS. I'll agree with you completely. Yeah, it was, it was um, cheap though. It was cheap, and I, I only got it for a sh- very small price. And I thought free games sort of thing, but I felt a bit cheated out of it by the time I played it. And the thing is, it's it's very. The one game I do come back to very frequently is Radiant Silvergun. I've still never beat the thing, but I've played it about 50, 60 times. And that that's that's a tough one, even if they give you upgrades and all sorts of things, if they give you infinite, well, almost infinite credits, you'll still never beat the blue game, I, I find. But in fact, I think I did beat it many, many years ago. But but this, this is just terrible compared to that. It, it felt difficult for a lot more down to the game itself and, instead of, you know, a challenge, a skill challenge. I don't know. It's it a weird one. Yeah, yeah. Shmups, shmups ride that fine line, man. It, 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 there's a difference between ah, oh, this is hard, but I feel like they've given me the tools, and then just ah, oh, you just want my quarters, dude. It, it's a very fine line there. Um, Radiant Silver Gun. I couldn't tell you if I've beat or not. I remember, like, I went on this binge of playing Einhander. If you remember yeah. that, oh, that's and good. Radiant Silver Gun. And I know I beat one of them, and it didn't beat the other one, but I can't remember which one I did. I think in Radiant Silver you usually know you've beat it if you've beat the two guys running around upside down and looking a bit like Rez before Rez. Now, see, I don't remember that at all, so you might be right. It might have been Einhander. Gold and Silver guy, or I can't remember. but Yeah, Einhander, you probably beat that on the first day you had it. It's not that bad. No, 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 no. Uh, this this was younger Dave, where he wasn't very good at shmups. It took me a while to get through Iron Hand. <laughs> oh man, okay. Uh, all right. Um, my my most difficult game this year is comes with a proviso, uh, and that's Pathfinder uh, because I played it on the hardest difficulty. And oh, good lord in heaven! Oh boy, that was that was rough. Um, but a good kind of rough. Like um, you know, when you play a game and you up the difficulty and you still play the exact same way, just everything takes longer. This was very much the opposite, where once the difficulty is cranked, that's when the game engine, not the engine, the, the mechanics really start to shine. We're like, like oh, Halo. I need to start using... Uh, uh, allegedly, I've never played Halo above sort of Africa. Okay, I was going to say, I've played Halo on the hardest. Not, I, I would use like The Witcher, where you need to start yeah. using oils, and you need to start using alchemy. Um, in this, right. it was very much, ooh, okay, so wait, no, I actually do need somebody to crowd control, and I need somebody to heal, and I need somebody... Uh, it, it really uh, expanded the game for me, and uh, it, it took me I, an embarrassing long, long amount of time to get through it. It took me 347 hours to get through Pathfinder Ooh. on the hardest difficulty. This was on console. Uh, yes, sir. I was How much on of PS4. That loading times? <laughs> uh, on PS4, a good chunk. On okay. PS5, not so much. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, th- and it, it has that thing of the combat will be incredibly difficult. And you have a time limit. So if you don't get this main quest done in a couple of days, and oh crap, resting takes a full day, but I need to rest. Uh, it was very much a, not a trial and error, but trying to optimize. Uh, so yeah, that's all I'll say about it. I, I really enjoyed that game on the hardest difficulty. Uh, Craig? Yes, I have a simple one. Uh, at the very start of the year, I finished off the Celeste Strawberries, and some of those were switch throwing across the room inducing uh like painful but we got there and it, it would it, you say they were very hard they were very 
very hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that like as I say, short and simple, they are an additional challenge to a platform on already semi. Nah, it's not that bad. It's it's not too bad. But as soon as you start gunning for them, they are an extra challenge in each level or are dotted about the place and hidden that you just you have to be input perfect for sometimes quite an extended period of time. And it, it's... You know what, Craig? I would love to see what you think about hell in Cave Story. Okay. I think you'd be all right, to be honest, because have you, have you seen the yeah, B, I do too. B tapes? Uh, were you even going B tape route as well, Craig, and picking up everything? Oh, I mean, no, Strawberries, no. Is, Strawberries is a massive feat already. I know that. Yeah, no, it, because I'd started on it, I just thought, I'm just going to do it. Because by that point, Emily had already not, she wanted rid of the Switch. She was moving to PC gaming, and it was her Switch. So I was like trying to burn through as much as I could. I knew we had Luigi's Mansion, and then that was me, I was out. So I You've definitely got Joy, Joy-Con drift in those things now, haven't you, from the amount of stress on them, I'm guessing. Or is it, uh, is it allowed you to play with D-pad? I did actually get Joy-Con drift and had to send away... <laughs> the left Joy-Con um, to get mm. fixed. It was it, that Joy-Con drift was another another stressy horror show. But anyway, anyway, that, that was that. Um, what started as my I started Celeste when I was in France on holiday, and it was relaxing and beautiful, and ended it wanting to launch the switch up the garden. <laughs> oh yeah, hey Mike, you're here. Mm. I can ask you too. What's that? Can you beat Ghosts and Goblins? One loop. I can do one loop and I can get to the second stage after that. That's it. That's it. Oh, man. I've safe scrummed it all the way through. I've safe scrummed all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I mean proper. Proper. Can you beat it proper? I've Uh, done it proper, but only on the easy, you know, or or the the non... Oh, oh no! The two options. Not ghosts and goblins. Ghouls and ghosts. I can not go ghosts and goblins. No chance. Okay. Ghosts and right, goblins yeah, cause, is cause a nightmare. Th- this boy over here is all like ghosts and goblins. <laughs> I beat that. You're talking about I'm old like, school. Really even... old school ghosts and goblins. Like yeah, uh, like yeah. arcade ghosts and goblins. Not ghouls and ghosts. Like the... I always get them confused. Ghouls and Ghosts Mega Drive one. Craig, were we talking Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins? Ghouls and Ghosts. I'm sure we were Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, okay, so... Okay, so Ghouls and Ghosts. No, Ghouls and Ghosts, yeah. Um, One one in two stages. I can't do a full two loops. I'm not mad. No. Yeah, but that's that's what I said in that episode, was it's on the basic... the basic difficulty, not the proper whatever it is... Doesn't matter. I can't beat stage three. What? Yeah, I know. It is like the one game in my entire life that has stymied me. But we did an episode on it. But yeah, Yeah. I was just curious to see because the first Mega Drive game I ever played, funnily enough, was a Japanese copy of uh, Ghouls and Ghosts because my my a friend I had at primary school his he got one early. I don't know what happened, but it was literally one of the only two games he had along with Ghostbusters by Sega. Yeah, okay. and we played both of those back to back, and that's the only games he had for about two years. And I'd go over there like once every two weeks, so we'd, we'd, that's <laughs> the only game we'd play. So that's the only reason we probably got that far because it was uh, like that's my the... <laughs> that's that's my reason is it's from back in the day where you have to keep on playing the same game. 
You just it's the only thing you've got. But Dave, I forgot completely forgot as well. Reese has beat it now as well, and he's three. So I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Dave has left the call. Um <laughs> But no, that's why I have I have this intense desire to throw tough platformers at Craig now because he may be some kind of idiot savant at it. No, oh, I we think used it's... to we used to bully. Well, not bully, but get close to that in saying, "Oh, you can't get past the third stage feature of all time." It'd be like you'd always have to one up. There was three people in a row playing it, and you you know you didn't want to lose face, so you'd, yeah. you wouldn't make a single mistake. <laughs> I lost my face many, many times. I I don't think I would have the patience to sit down and learn. This is why it's the same thing we said in that episode. It's why I still, I just can't get past the, the introductory boss of Dark Souls 3. Is I just, I don't have the patience to sit and learn anything. I just need to know how to do it. Or muscle memory. So we just need to keep it. it in the, the 2D platformer era for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be throwing more at you. Like one day I'm gonna make you do battle toads, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I beat this without save states. What's the matter with you? Just remember, it's Dick. the ultimate line of. It's like being beat by Dan in Street Fighter if you get killed by a turtle in uh, <laughs> Ghouls and Ghosts. So just keep that in mind. And I think that's okay. is that the third stage as well. The second stage. Oh, the, second. the turtles come bouncing down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been killed by them. Oh, Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, games whose mechanics you just can't get enough of. You may have finished the game and you just want more. Um, getting Luke's out of the way. Luke says day is gone. I'm, I'm guessing maybe he's talking about the swarms. I'm not sure. It might. Uh, the only thing I can think is those big swarmy holds. There's only t- twelve of them or fourteen of them in the game or something. Um, the rest of the game is pretty standard open world, so it's. Do you have racing got, and things in that? Anything like that? I guess on a motorbike. I've, I've not played enough of it. Do you have any? I don't other... think there was explicit racing. There was a couple of quests where you raced to the objective with the NPC you were with. I can't right. remember if there's okay. actual ra- like stopping the road and rev your engine to get a motorbike race going. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, okay. My answer is Neo Two. Um, those games have quite handily uh, surpassed Souls for me. Like, even if you, even if Elden Ring comes out tomorrow, if Elden Ring and Neo Three came out tomorrow, I'm I'm going for Neo Three. Um, I love the mechanics. I love the stance dancing. I love the stamina watching. I love all of that stuff in Neo Two. Uh, this uh, I played Neo Two this year and I platinumed it in twelve days. So I just. I just monstered that game. I love it. Every now, I'm still saving some of the DLC because the the collection's coming out, and I'll be picking that up and monstering through it again. I'm hoping I can get two new platinums for it because that'll be fun to get again. I think that's but a free yeah, upgrade uh, again, Dave. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not a collection. Collection with with new stuff. No, I think you get. I think you get all the DLC for free. Supposedly, don't quote me on this, but I think you get the free. All the DLC for free, even if you own only the original base game. You're killing me, Tecmo. You're killing yeah. me. Watch out, okay. bro. Watch out. Right. I well, could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I got my eyes on it. But yeah, uh, so that was it for me. Um, Craig. Yes. Oh, uh, so I've already mentioned it, but uh, 
kind of like pistol whip, but not just pistol whip. So there's other ones like Drop Dead, which is a zombie hold shooting thing. So the general theory of mechanics I was going for was VR shooting because having controllers in your hands in a virtual environment, shooting at things is just so much fun and you can do so much with it that it, I'd imagine something boring like VR skeet shooting would be fun as well. I just shooting in VR. Uh, I, I like shooting in, in a virtual environment. Not augmented reality. Not augmented reality. But you can, with the okay. Quest, do some augmented reality with some hacks and tweaks. So you can have, like, you can map your whole house and just run about your house shooting things, which is really bizarre. Um, that, is, that is a little. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's that VR shooty thing. It gets me every time. And if Pistol Whip dropped Pistol Whip 2 with another 14 tracks today, I would buy it and I would be really sweaty tomorrow because I would have played it to death. Yeah, so um, this is your regular Fire Emblem, um, being Fire Emblem The Free Houses, a game which I've still never managed to get more than 30-odd hours into, a restart, all sorts, but it, every time I come back to it, it's, it's always, it feels like a essential fire emblem it feels it feels great it it basic but gets the job done and there's there's loads of, there's loads of cool little things i could piss i could just mess about with the weapons and you know looking through stats it never gets boring but i just never commit to the game i never commit to the game fully um but yeah i can keep at it i can keep digging at it and i'm gonna keep doing that and every time i get into it it's sort of like <coughs> like if I say Divinity's the be-all, end-all of this sort of stuff, the thing is that Fire Emblem's the one where everything feels mechanically you know, just juicy. You feel like you, you just moving up and down through menus, you're, you're satisfied, you're happy. And that's a... Yeah, I enjoy it. I do enjoy it, and I will complete it one day, along with all the other Fire Emblems I've amassed. Yeah, I've got that problem too. I've got Fire Emblem and no real will to play them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played up until the the break in uh, Three Houses, and then I, I there's a lot of things I don't like in that game. But moving on because that that's that's a long <laughs> no judgment, of course. Uh, best <laughs> RPG, gentlemen, <laughs> the big mamma jamma of the year for me was Yakuza Like a Dragon. We've talked about it enough. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Luke chose Final Fantasy 7. Hmm. Okay. So Craig, Mike, what's the um, hold it up like the Lion King baby RPG of the year? Uh, mine's is actually mm. um, Cyberpunk Like a Dragon. Uh, I felt <laughs> like the, the turn-based mechanics in that city uh, really no... I, I was tossing and thundering over it. That wasn't my, tra- my me trying to get two kind of two kind of games in there, mm-hmm. but it is it is Yakuza like a dragon. Just for the actual RP- as an RPG, uh, like a dragon ticked all the boxes. It nailed all the coffins shut. It um, filled out all of the tax return forms perfectly. It did everything right for an RPG. Um, so uh, yeah, just from the get-go you knew what was up you knew what was happening you knew where your levels were going job done uh just in case you're interested where cyberpunk fails in that regard is 
and I like it, but it's very Borderlands-y in its weapon upgrades and levelling. So you never really feel... You always feel like you're, you've got an enemy that's maybe slightly over-leveled and you don't know what to do, but in the end you just shoot them in the head. And you just keep shooting them in the, the head. The game solution. Yeah. Um, or you stealth your way about it, whereas like as a core, what I think an RPG is, Yakuza just with hats off, tiny caps off to it, you know, condoms off to it. It was amazing. Condoms off to it. Yeah, I've gone that <laughs> well, far. Yeah, you want a baby with Yakuza <laughs> like a dragon. You want, you want to tie that down for life. <laughs> well, I think this is fairly unanimous, but for me, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered was uh, not the choice for best RPG of the year. It was actually Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I'll agree with all you guys. Everything you've said is spot on. It's it, it's it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Damn beautiful. Uh, all right, so we have the best exclusive of the year. I think we're all mainly PS4. Players, uh, Mike, you've been known to dabble quite heavily in the Microsoft camp and the Nintendo yeah. camp. I would play my Switch more, but my wife bites me every time I try because <laughs> Animal Crossing. But uh, for me, the best exclusive of the year is Final Fantasy VII. Easy. Um, Luke has down... Guys, would you like to hazard a guess? Uh, Final Fantasy Tsushima. <laughs> and you're both correct. It is. It is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, that that must be a good game for the amount of categories he's managed to take it on. By this now, point. now keep in mind, this is the man that also picked Yoshi's Island, uh, so he cannot be trusted. That might be a good game that he's taken all the categories on. <laughs> um, you know. I'm I'm still torn. I've left this to the last second. The best exclusive was going to be the aforementioned PS5 game, which is pretty much my only PS5 game. But it has to go to The Last of Us Part Two. Again, it's 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 the complete package in terms of what it offered me. I I, I well I didn't want a sequel to The Last of Us. I didn't. I I, I was happy with the first one. I thought leave it as a, a leave it at the end, and it was. I was perfectly happy with that. As it got closer and closer to coming out, I was like thinking, I could go for it. I could give it a chance. Maybe it will turn out okay. But I got the thing. I was my jaw dropped to the floor, and I was sort of like, I know we're always talking about visuals and sort of like production values, all that sort of stuff. But with the game itself, I did genuinely really love it. And as as an exclusive, it just tore me further away from from the Xbox because I I dabbled a bit in the xbox they would pull me back in cases but yeah did, you know if you've not got a playstation what's the point that's basically the <laughs> the thing from it you know you, you need to be getting these exclusives sony have been absolutely destroyed and the thing is they've got spider-man's flying around they've got the ghosts of tsushima's <laughs> all, all that stuff everything's Floating there around. final fantasies um i mean God of War. I mean, let's not forget God yeah, of War. That's a monster of a game. They've been on an absolute streak. They've they've gone through. And when when the PS4 first hit, I was like thinking they're just gonna they're just gonna relax. They've already won this thing. They're not gonna do anything. But no, they keep putting out these monster games. And The Last of Us Part Two is pretty much the the biggest in terms of what I can see from the PS4 at the end. I mean, there've been good ones along the years, but 
for this year, I think that one that one takes it quite easily as PS4's biggest biggest game for me. And and it's sort of like Well, there are other non exclusive games which I think are better, but you know what I mean. That's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it does it. It does it does it perfectly. It's the game that makes someone else jealous. And <laughs> and um you know, I even make my other PS4 friends jealous by saying I've got it and you've still not got the bloody thing. What's wrong with you? But um, <laughs> But yeah, 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 I I love it. I love it. I'm gonna play it again. And if I was smart I would have waited to get a PS five version, but uh you know, fingers crossed for a patch. That's all I can say. Indeed. Craig. Yes. Um well my mine I changed my answer to this. Again, please uh, I know, please don't murder me. But I only just got round to playing that medieval remaster after billions of years of you telling me to play mm-hmm. um play it and it's fantastic. And I do believe it is um one of the better protagonists I've played. It's one, <laughs> exactly. You know, um, and it's just gen, genuinely, I, my original answer for this, just for background, is was or was going to be that Astrobot game. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yes, it's good and it's an exclusive and it's a technical master. But when I thought about it, I had a lot of fun with Medieval and it's an exclusive. So I'm taking making an executive decision and swapping it out for myself. Is that okay? Oh. Does the bold accept that? That's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Dan was just here. He said that's a good answer. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy you enjoyed it. Because for so many years, I was that weird kid that's like, dude, Medieval's great. And everybody looks at you like, what? Nobody's ever played that. I'm I'm glad. It's pretty decent. It really is. I played it around Halloween as well. So that that was a bonus. Oh, perfect time. All right, so next one we have our mini rant category, if you are so inclined. Um, one thing you'd change about the industry. Now, Luke and Mike kind of share the exact same answer. Oh, So okay. um, you want to, we'll have him wrap up the category. Uh, for sure. me, okay. I don't really have a rant other than to say this is some complete bullshit. Um, the, Dis- the Disney, ha, Freudian slip there. The Nintendo limited exclusivity. Not limited exclusivity, like limited, time-limited games. Oh, God. There is no reason (coughs) at all to do a digital uh, exclusive that goes away. It is the dumbest thing in the world. And it's very transparent, I should say. Like, it is so transparent. And I know... See, the problem is, it's going to work. It's going to work every single time. Because you want these games... And even if you... This is the only time I've ever made a moral stand on my purchasing. I didn't buy Super Mario 35 because that's dumb. It is the dumbest thing ever. But it is, everybody's going to buy it. Even if, they, even if they backtrack in a month or two and say, No, you know what? We're not going to make it go away. The damage has already been done. But I think that is the most... In, in a year full of egregious things... That is one of the most egregious video game things I've seen all year. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I, was, I did, however, get the Fire Emblem limited the release of the NES game. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Why, uh, why are you making... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, no, I'm no, an I'm example. Talking you, I'm talking about them. Yeah, I, that's that's ridiculous. It, again, that's a, it's a £5 download off the shop. What What's so limited about it? Why... 
Is there some? I don't. Unless they're just going to add it to the Nintendo Nintendo Online collection thing. That would be an even worse slap in the face. I think. Or making it playable, but never making it free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a, well. You paid for it, but everybody else gets it for free. Yeah. That would be but, a monstrously but the thing, big but slap the, in the face. The terrible thing about that is that we know that three, four years after the Switch has disappeared, all of that stuff's going to fold and they're going to close the shop or something like that and then it'll be like, you can't play any of those emulated games on the Switch anyway. No, and, and we all we all know, we all know that whatever the next system comes out on, they're going to bring forward every Switch game that came out just like they did with the Wii U. They do that every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And anyway, that that's my little mini rant. I, I, I that's morally objectionable to me. Yeah. Uh, Craig, um, my mini rant has been a mini rant of the ages, and it's my particular hatred of microtransactions, which just seem to be coming more and more, uh, more and more. Yeah, this is something we're going to get aged out of. Yeah, uh, more and more uh, prevalent in gaming. I had a look. I really like DLC. Like, I'm happy if DLC expands a game, less happy if it just completes a game, and probably even less happy if the content is already there and you're just paying to unlock it. But, we'll give DLC and expansion packs a pass for this. Microtransactions can go to hell. I have paid, and by I, I mean, I, I, took, I took Amelie as an example for the maths of this in two games specifically. So the two games are The Sims 4, which has an absolute slew of expansions. There's expansions for yep. anything you want to do. And I am happy if family says, this expansion is on sale. Can I get it? It's £14 so that I can start, I can make my character go to university. And it's basically stat boost at uni. I'm like, fine, I'll pay £14. So over the year, we've paid about 70 quid on Sims 4 expansions. And she's happy. She's played it for over 400 hours. <laughs> like, yeah, you got your money's worth out of that. Anyway, um, but then Roblox, the free-to-play mobile hit Ooh. that is Roblox, is basically anyone anywhere can make a game in this game-building environment, put it on the store, and then it's this digital currency. So you buy digital currency and you get in-game purchases that you buy with it. And she spent maybe 50 quid on that over the year. And I'm like... Emily, what have you got for that 50 quid? And she's like, well, I bought this thing so I could get past this level. So it's it's become paying to pass levels in obstacle courses. So there'll be an obstacle course with 100 levels and when you hit level 70, it's just impossible and it pops up and it says, do you want to pay for the jetpack? It's only, you know, like 50 Robux. And you've got, obviously, kids just hammering their way through money, real-life money, and it it drives me mental drives me absolutely yeah. mental. And, and and it's a losing war yeah. on our end. Absolutely. It is. So I, 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 mean, said, I said to her, I was like, I'm happy. I will buy you some stuff if you want some stuff, but I'm not paying any more in, in any sort of digital currency. I'm done with it. And uh, can I put on my old man hat for a second? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, what I think this all stems from, it's, it's not, it's not like the most important thing in the world by far, but... Um, it's got to be the prevalence of cell phones. Like, kids are used to, yeah, games cost you a small amount of money in short bursts, and that's it. You don't pay up front. You don't 
to and and so to a completely new generation that is going to dictate the tastes that's completely normal so yeah we kind of have to make our our old man stands where we make our old man stands and then just shrug i mean what are you going to do hmm. there's got to be rules like don't spend more on dlc than you would for the actual base game or if it's a free game don't spend more than a tenner <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, we also grew up in an era where, like, we did pay, like, how much did you pay for Brood War when you were playing? I mean, it was the same price as the game, yeah. but you got a good chunk of stuff in there. Mm. So, yeah, or, or even, like, the Neo stuff. I enjoy paying, you know, I'll pay 10 bucks to have, you know, a whole new world map to dick around on. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. But, That's... yeah, it, 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 it's buying red orbs and Devil May Cry uh-huh. that I'm like, ugh. <laughs> And I, I noticed that. What did I notice? And it irked me. In uh, Like a Dragon, actually, you can buy stat boosts. Seven ninety nine for plus three in all your stats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and that stuck out like a sore thumb as well, didn't it? Just seeing mm-hmm. all those. They're they're all literally like around the eight quid mark, aren't they? Yeah, and they seem so. The costume one, I think, is fourteen. Whoa. Like, if you want new costumes, it's fourteen. I think it's got that weird Japanese thing where it's like sponsored costumes, kind of like Monster Hunter does. Uh, so it costs per- more. So Persona Four, per- no, sorry, Persona Five Royal. That I always try and call it Royale by accident, but it's not. I, I do the same. I do the same. But supposedly, it includes all the DLC from the previous game, which I think originally was about twenty-five pound for a full collection anyway. Plus, it's added its own DLC on top of that. Where it's like, I, d- I don't get it. There's something in the whole Sega Sega mix there, which is going a bit funny. Uh, maybe they well, need to... it looks like they're trying to do an Activision where they re-release like a remaster version of a game and then mm. charge you for all the DLC that was in the original game. Yeah, I don't know what I need. Like they did with what was it? Was it Modern Warfare? The remaster of Modern Warfare? They charged for all the DLC. Oh, even I... if you bought the remaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they charged for a, a map pack or something like that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. And I mean, I mean, once you have the big guns on it, like your Activisions, your Segas, your your Ubisofts, and I mean, Sega's the little boy there, but once you have those big guys on it, yeah, it's not going away. Yeah, it's a shame. So, Mike, your mm. mini rant. Mine is, I don't think mine's as well constructed as you guys, to be honest, and I'm, I'd be surprised where Luke's Luke's angle comes on this. But mine is sort of about the just reviewers and influencers, that mix, that hot pot of stuff which I really shouldn't care about, but just gets on my nerves. There's like a whole blame game of, oh, these people are getting cyberpunk one week earlier than the actual reviewers, and we're official critical reviewers, and we do a service, and we're the influencers, and... I don't know what the hell any of these people are on. It's it's all going... It might just be my age, but it's all going over my head. <laughs> and I think both are just as bad as each other, to be honest. I I, I find it a bit of a joke, and I, I'm... There's such an entitlement battle between people who, are at the end of the day, are not most likely not going to pay and also get the games way before anyone else anyway. So what the hell's all the complaining about and then you see other people through all our beautiful social medias you see other people piling on jumping in and saying yeah we need to show our um what would you call it like our 
preference. Solidarity, towards, support. Yeah, we need to all get together and help our beautiful... It sounds like a Boris Johnson sort of speech. Let's help our beautiful, <laughs> open critic moderators, the people who we can stand by, the people we trust in our PC argument against the, the console versions. And I don't, And it's all just a... I think it all goes back to my original problems I had with game sites for ages, which is that everyone in the comment section thinks they're some sort of major in business studies and that that they understand the whole complexity of that they understand the financial system from from the bottom level up and and it's not true all these there's a lot of people who just like typing they like the letters on the keyboard and they press them and leads to a completely so like boris johnson (laughs) yeah and it's i don't know no I, i i'll tell you what like like you have a young kid uh, it's only going to get worse. It is only going to get terrible. Like the amount of influence just in video games. I mean, there, there's a, there's a load of it outside of video games as well, but just in video games that well, I'll play Red Dead because uh, Jack Septicai played it and liked it, and I'll play I'll play Far Cry because Markiplier likes it, and I'll play these terrible Steam games that aren't worth the dollar you paid for because somebody yelled at it. It's ridiculous like i don't remember reviewers ever having that much uh pull i guess would be my best but the weird thing is when you when you class them as influencers and critics there's the other point which is that say someone like you say jack septicai to me or something then and i'm not 100 sure who he is but i have seen his picture he's an irish boy yeah and he looks like a yeah he looks like quite a well, A, influential, because that's his trouble. But B, yeah. he looks quite enthusiastic about what he does, which is something that can't be said for 90% of what you see in actual video game critics. So it feels like... Oh, no, yeah. A lot of the enthusiasm for video games comes from these influencer people. And they seem to like share that you know, that entry to video games. This is, this is an amazing hobby sort of thing. Well, critics are all over there just arguing about... Oh, this game's now got a translation patch six years on, and people aren't happy. <laughs> blah blah blah. Here's the references now, to the... bloody guy over at Bloomberg. All that sort of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Influencers—they don't seen... have the kudos, the credentials, technically. But does it really matter? And the thing is, you have training wheels. You get on with your views for a while, then you should sort of like treat it as just a little. Oh, that's interesting. Let's move on. You know, for. From what I've noticed, um, let's take somebody we all like, right? Okay. Your game sacks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're the guys that show up at film school because, by golly, they love movies. And they love movie making. And it's the whole world of movies is interesting to those guys. Yeah. Critics are more often than not the guys who show up because, didn't you notice what they did in that third scene in The Shining? Where actually red rum is spelt backwards and it means murder, and you're like, yeah, it's The Shining. It's a great movie. What do you want? No, it, it, it's those guys. It, it's the film critics that are so tired of the movies they have to review that they have no enthusiasm for anything unless it's an indie platformer about a depressed person, and then it's nine out of ten. Uh, like like most reviewers I've seen, and I watch a lot, even even ones I don't like. Like, I, I hate to actually like name things, but I really don't like Jim Sterling. No, true. I think he no. makes some 
excellent points sometimes. Great points. And that's why I'll watch it. But I really don't like the man. But even he is, he looks so tired by everything. It's like there's burnout after like five years of being a game critic. And you can uh, hear his like pandering and sort of repeating of things that you probably heard him say in a video six years ago just to try and rebox it a tiny bit and make it look fresh. <laughs> New audience. Yeah, I uh, I, and I do enjoy the enthusiastic, let's say the Nintendo Power approach. I, I like the enthusiastic video games are awesome. Why don't you have some fun with us approach? And I understand the need for critics because sometimes, yeah, you do want somebody to look really close into what The Last of Us is doing. Yeah, that's fine. You want to watch a three-hour video of somebody, you know, critiquing piece by piece. That's interesting sometimes. But it seems every game critic wants to win a Nobel Prize in games journalism and it shouldn't happen ever. Um, so yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from and people like Jacksepticeye and Markiplier, they're good for the kids because look, video games are awesome. You can have so much fun with it, but at the same time, they're kind of bad. I don't know. Like watching my daughter be molded by YouTube is weird. So I don't know. It's a a strange system, but there is one solution, which is just bookmark Jematsu and ignore youtube and the rest and there you've got you've got the list of all the games which are going to come and oh yeah see me i have bookmarked releases.com and then i just watch a trailer <laughs> if it looks interesting yeah and yeah i've ended up with a bunch of duds craig yes you've been quiet what do you think i've been very quiet it's because i don't watch a lot of the youtubes i don't even know who jim sterling is i don't i, I watch some game sacks and stuff but like old stuff just to watch them play things or talk about things or you know like the top 10 horror games of 1997 or you know like what these no are... it's more to think of the polygon think yeah. pieces of like so i is no yeah. that's that, that what i'm saying is like i just don't i just don't engage with it at all because i really don't care i rather care about what i think about a game this is why the, the, <laughs> the cyberpunk thing you know what i'm been being selfish and stuff but i don't no, I just good. Good. I just don't engage with it. There's no point to me because rather than sit and watch a half an hour video of someone talking about a game and what they thought about it, I would rather spend that half an hour playing that game and forming my own opinions on it. And I think, oh yeah, I'm with you absolutely. I think like people that overanalyze, your critics that overanalyze, that might they aren't on the creative side. They're not your game sack guys that are going to the film school. They're they're critiquing the output. They're doing a thing, and some people enjoy that thing, and I'm sure it's it's probably a way that a lot of people engage with a lot of things because they don't have the time to play the game, so they just want to see. Oh, I'm really interested in seeing what that person thought. I just don't. I haven't found a person that's that that connects to me like that in that way. That I would trust. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I mean, for I don't, I don't experience it too much on the written article, and for me, it's mainly YouTube because I like to absorb every little bit of information about video games I can. Mm-hmm. Like, I go to work, I'm listening to Retronauts, even though they all sound so tired and so <laughs> over video games. They are knowledgeable dudes, or, or you know, I'll listen to, I'll convert a YouTube video to an MP3 and listen to somebody talk about Baldur's Gate for three hours because, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, that that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, none of it really 
affects me. It's like, oh, hey, he didn't like that. Well, yeah. I, I do. I again, do some some people who are burnt out can still sound okay-ish, I guess. So it's not all that bad. We're not, you know, I wouldn't, you know, like you're saying about retro notes there, I'd probably say still worth a listen, even even if they... Oh, yeah, yeah. they're very knowledgeable dudes. I do. Yeah. I listen to a lot of retro notes and a lot of Watch Out for Fireballs, but for the most part, it's games I've already played. I'll skip episodes of stuff I've not played, which is... Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I like to learn about games I haven't played or can't because it's a game that was released for one week in Japan in 1987. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's that kind of stuff that I enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, those boys do sound tired. They they need a they need a break. <laughs> but that's enough of the bad stuff because oh. we, we were going to yeah. be fully positive for this episode. So we're going to drop exactly. a couple of... Yeah. Did Luke have any final words to add to that, by the way? Nope. He just put down influencers. So I don't know what it was, but we'll say it was all on the same lines as you. All right, uh, I'm going to rejigger the order of this because the next one would be one a good one to end it on. So, duh. Uh, so sleeper favorite of the year. This is a game that you know maybe was like low heat, but you really enjoyed it. It was it was a fun time, but it didn't make a huge impact on you. Um, for me, it was Resident Evil Three. I enjoyed my time with it. I liked it. I'll replay it, but it it didn't compare this year for me with all the other stuff. Uh, this is one of those times where I wish Luke was here to explain it because he has his sleeper favorite as one of his games of the year. So I'm not going to say what his sleeper favorite is. Okay. So, Craig, yes. why don't you talk about your sleeper well, favorite? My sleeper favorite is a game that has been mentioned already this evening, which was Days Gone. Um, now, I had to message... I hope it was Ghosts and Ghosts. <laughs> I had to message you to say, what do you mean by sleeper favorite? So my understanding is a favorite that's not quite... The game of the year, or, or or close to, or anything like that, but something that's just there in the background, going, "Oh, it was really good. Come on, please, I was good." Yeah, yeah, it was just sleeper. Yes, I take it that's not a term over there. <laughs> not the one I'm on now, fell down anyway. But yeah, Days Gone. It would never have made my top three games of the year or anything like that. But it totally took me by surprise. I started it thinking it was going to be generic open world. Ten hours in, I thought, oh, it's a bro, generic open world, blah, blah, blah. By the end of it, I was totally engrossed with it. The story goes pretty decent places. The motorbiking's pretty cool. The zombie holds are amazing to run away from. <laughs> and eventually, when you get brave enough, murder. Uh, so, are there any full throttle references in it? None that I can remember, but there are uh, uh, Death Stranding references. Oh, well, of course, of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be? Uh, one, of, one of them, you can get your motorbike fuel canister to look like BB from Death Stranding, um, which is quite nice. But yeah, I I just, I really liked it. It was brought, I cared about the characters, I cared, I cared about what was going on. And it was open world-wise, it was just your usual, there are some factions you move to different factions and you complete all their quests and then something happens and you finish the game and it was kind of cheesy B-movie good. Really enjoyed it. Since Mike still isn't back from his coffee break, how long did it take you to beat, out of curiosity? Oh, that's a brilliant question. Um, My guess would be about 60 hours. Oh, really? So it's that that beefy. Um, But... What I'm going to do through the magic of PlayStation is I'm going to check my playtime. Seeing as seeing as we have a bit of time before Mike gets back, uh, 
day's gone. Nah, day's gone. Um, and I can tell you, as a matter of fact, I played it for, oh my God, there's so many games this year that the thing just keeps on scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Uh, talk amongst yourselves for five minutes while I scroll through all the games I played this year. <laughs> okay, so so Luke. Oh yes. wait, he's not here either. So Mike. <laughs> so Mike, while while he's looking for that, why don't you talk about your sleeper favorite of the year? Sleeper favorite. So sleeper favorite is a odd category, <laughs> as you may have learnt from Craig for us <laughs> Europeans. In which case, we're not one hundred percent sure what we think you mean. We think it means the game of the year. You're not really publicly allowed to say possibly <laughs> no no it, 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 it's the game you enjoyed you really enjoyed yourself it was fun mm. but it doesn't really compare to like some of the best things you've played so it's like yeah. oh this was this was a fun game i enjoyed myself while i played it but i would never say it was like some of the best i've ever played okay okay um well yeah i think uh the only problem is i think i might have some crossover with the mid-year game where i think I want to say Death Stranding. I want to say it's it's not. It is a great game, but it's not like conventionally something that I would have put as my up up at the top. Really, yeah, it's something I really enjoy. It's something I really gel with, and it could never be my game of the year. And it probably was my game of the year. Now, if you rewind six months and find it <laughs> out, but I'll never know that. So. You can keep that as your own little secret. That's fine. Um, but yeah, Death Stranding. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's the game I want a PS5 patch for at the moment. I think I want to see what it's like walking up a hill at sixty frames per second <laughs> in four K. Uh. <laughs> I want to slide down those now, see, those hills. Your other choice, I almost agree with. Well, like, I, I almost made it as mine. Yeah, binary domain. That was that was one that kind of came out of nowhere. Had a lot of fun behind it, but I'd never say, "Oh, that's some of the best PS3 games I've ever played." Mm. You know? Well, I played the PC but, version. Yeah, of I that, really enjoyed. So it. I got, <laughs> I got a nice little. Oh. It, it was quite contemporary when I played it. Funnily enough, it was a lot better than the uh, the PS3 and 360 versions that I played. Um. Oh, well, some of us aren't rich. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Whatever. Uh, Craig, did you find out how many hours? Yes, it was. Because if not, we're moving on. It was sixty-four hours. That's pretty beefy. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. And that's not not beating all the holds, not doing all. You know, it's not full completion. It's just complete the story with a good amount of side stuff. Okay. Um, to compete with our previous years, the best Spider-Man game of the year award, uh, we now have the best Ichiban of the year award. Uh, mine goes to Like a Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig? Uh, I think, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like a Dragon did contain the best Etchaban of the year. Uh, Mike? Oh, my God. So I Googled all this thinking you were actually asking for what my favourite <laughs> Japanese home noodles solution was. Because I thought, this is Dave. There's going to be a, a deep level to this. It's not just going to be the obvious answer. But if the obvious answer goes, nope. then I'm having that. I'm having Like a Dragon. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So, uh, unanimous decision. Yakuza Like a Dragon contains the best Ichiban of the year. Now, uh, we have one that's slightly bad, slightly not, and that is the game you muscled through just so you can complete it and be done. Uh, this year for Luke, it was Gears of War Five. 
uh, which I'm guessing cooled off a bit because I remember being excited about it and then it just must have turned into a dredge. Um, myself, it was Okami. I waited too long to play that game. It was not fun. It did not look good. It was it was it was kind of not good. It does drag on oh, yeah. a hell of a lot. It's, it, it should have ended. It, 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 it does. <laughs> it should have ended. And I think we all know the place it should have ended, but it didn't. <laughs> uh, look, Craig. Yes. Um, so mine was Rage 2, which I downloaded. I thought, this is going to be quite good. Open world. Do me arena battles. You know, but driving and cruising Mad Max style in between. And that's exactly what it was. The problem came when the story turned to garbage and then at that point I thought, oh well, at least I've still got the arenas and shooting and exploding faces and stuff like that. But then the worst things happened where you're just driving to a place to do the same thing with the the same boss mechanics for each of the big bosses that you're fighting had the same mechanics right the way up until the final boss had the same mechanics and same phases as the first boss you fought. Um, it, it just dragged. And you know what? It felt like it dragged and dragged and dragged. So I've just went and looked at the time played and I don't know how accurate it is or not, but I only played it for 18 hours, but it felt like a million years. <laughs> there was so much of the game I glossed by because it's not difficult so I thought, I don't need to go and level up and do all this kind of garbage and find weapons and upgrade my skills. It's got an impenetrable leveling up system where there's like 10 different screens with different leveling currencies. So you level your weapon damage with one gem and you level your, your body attributes with something else. And, you, and I'm just, it was so deep, unnecessarily deep when it could have just been running about shooting people in the face doom style and it just but so wide as an ocean deep as a puddle yeah it, it really was and it, 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 the, the biggest annoyance for me was it did the open world thing and it was deserts but you couldn't drive across the deserts because of collision and general damage you had to drive on the roads and I, I just <laughs> and I'm uh, guessing it hasn't got John Goodman in it no, it doesn't have John Goodman in it. Not that I remember, anyway. Um, it didn't. It didn't have anyone or anything of note. But I did finish it because I felt like it. I felt like that final boss was going to be amazing because they weren't bad. It was just uh. the same. Yeah. Uh. All right, Mike. I am a bit befuddled by your answer. What John Goodman? A red one? No, no, no. <laughs> tracks. Uh, well this is due to Microsoft doing a reward system where they basically achieved, they gave you a load of reward points about £10 worth for playing a stupid amount of games and I went through the I went through the the games no one wants to ever see Um, a hell of a lot of games that I shouldn't have seen Um, A Kingdom for Keflings that was an option, but I think it had disappeared off at that point. And I I didn't do it, but I was looking for it. And I, that's probably worse. Um of the two, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the better one. Which was actually the So The Gardens Between it was a it was just a 
What's that game on Android? The one that, there's two of them, and it's like a like a puzzle game where you walk across like isometric thing, and you go up the Monument Valley. That's the one. Well, I, I like Monument Valley oh, okay. one and two. They're both quite good, but this feels like the bad, the bad sort of alternate universe one of that, where it's like you go f- fast forward and rewind. It's like Braid, but. Uh, I know you hate Braid, but I I've, I actually like Braid. I thought it was okay. <laughs> um, so imagine it being a bad Braid. <laughs> That's possible. Pretty easy to <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's just... What was the name of the game? I'm sorry. The the Gardens Between. So it's basically you've got two people, they're holding hands, and they walk through the level, and it's like you'll go backwards to make a bit of the puzzle work, and then you'll move forwards. And it sounds it sounds like it can get complex, but the truth is it was just a bit irritating it was like you go backwards you'd have one person stand on a bit and you move a block over someone else would grab it and they pass it between them it was like a like a puzzle version of brothers i don't know it was it was just i was gonna say sounds like a shitty brothers yeah i don't i don't know where it was going with but basically the, the entire story felt a bit inconsequential to me and it was just it was a beautiful title screen <laughs> but apart from that I don't know it just it never gelled with me I felt like I was I was wasting my time with it I got my thousand achievement points and I got out of there but it was like uh, the worst thing was I didn't even realise that the cutscenes between levels were where you picked up a load of the heavy achievements so I actually had to go back and jump into just the cutscene bits just to fiddle about with them and that was just overkill Lucky by, that, you. by that point I was already sick of the game so yeah, not not the best moment of the year, unfortunately. Alright, so here on the bit effect, we don't get a lot of chance to prognosticate, but we're going to prognosticate, boys. Um, what's, just because it remind, answer reminded me, what is going to get a PS5 version first? Okami or Skyrim? Skyrim. Skyrim, yeah, that was... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Okami's on a streak. Okami's on a hell of a streak. But it is. I'll take the dark horse. I'm going to say Okami's going to get a, a PS5 release before Skyrim. I would. Okay. I'd play so, a PS5 Skyrim. Of course you would. Of course you oh, would. Oh, I played Skyrim this and year. Would, Jesus, would, forgot about that. Would will you? Would you play Dragon's Dogma? No, no, no. Why would I play that? I'll instead play Skyrim again. You know, I, I'm so confident on Skyrim actually that I think if Microsoft suddenly go bankrupt tomorrow and have to sell sell themselves out oh, to right. LG and Nintendo at the same time, I I still <laughs> think Sony will will jump jump at the chance to say, yeah, go on. You, I know it's unofficial, but port it over. Come on, we'll have it in. I reckon they'll still find a way of, of crowbarring it in. <laughs> Skyrim will still be there. I think Skyrim will release on the PS5 before it releases on the Xbox, to be honest, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got one fluff question and one good question. Let's do the good question first. We'll do fluff and then one we'll the sucker. Your favorite sequel of the year. Uh, Luke has down Streets of Rage 4. I have down Neo 2 because it was a gift from God himself. What about you guys? Um, I, again, terribly sorry to say, I have Yakuza Like a Dragon. 
or Yakuza 7. Well, it did win the Best Ichiban Award. It did win the Best Ichiban Award. Um, uh, It was a cracking sequel. And the change in mechanics made it that cracking sequel. I think if it hadn't had that, it wouldn't have been Best Sequel. Uh, Alright. I'm going to, just for power of numbers, I'm going to say Last of Us Part 2 because it's a a shorter series. And I think (laughs) in in power of numbers, definitely. Yeah. It's a best sequel of the year. Alright. So our last dumb fluff question of the evening. The proudest achievement that means absolutely nothing. Mm, That would be my aforementioned Warzone win. And my ability to make a 60-minute recording of it worth 8 gigs on my PS5 storage, <laughs> which it wouldn't let me trim no matter what, and I sat there waiting for 20 minutes just to see 1% change, and it didn't. I have since luckily managed to cut it down, but I don't know why it just recorded 8 gigs of space. And it was irritating. So I've not even shared it yet. That's valuable space, too. <laughs> um, Craig? Um just playing playing lots of games my new year's resolution was to get more platinums just because I wanted more platinums because it's, it's a target and I did get many and I played heaps of games so I'm very happy well well let's camp on this there Craig for because because I I I lost this year <laughs> I usually win but I lost uh first uh, I believe it was what 41 platinums we got what, this year 42. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you went for the hitchhiker's number. Uh-huh. Um, the, um, yeah. The the breakdown was um, some good games. So I had Control in January and then nothing else until May. Like, I forgot that I, I started off the year. I was like, I'm getting Platinums and got one and then left it for five months and then remembered. So then just started playing games a bit more robustly. I picked up all the old Artifacts Monday games and played them all on Expert just to get the Platinums on them. So that's that's good. Um, what else did Let's I just do? reiterate I this a second. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the question is, proudest achievement that means nothing this year. And you did get all of these Platinums. But why the hell does the PS5 not let you leave a little like on them? Because before it used to be AC and everyone's... If you if a platinum popped up for you, Craig, I'd I'd like it, mm-hmm. even if no one ever saw that like. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have I have an audience. Yeah, I have to. I don't know why it doesn't taste do make that. for. Oh, because it was that what's new panel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was what's new. Yeah. Oh, oh I love that. And now I think it's just games you follow. Okay. I think is is the the new thing. So it's not geared. Uh, but hold on, hold on. Uh, so so since I like to lose gracelessly. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, Craig, this year, mm-hmm. uh, in the year of the JRPG for me, I managed to finish 79 games this yes. year. Uh, the list is on our website if anybody's curious to see mine and Craig's little race mm-hmm. we had going on. Uh, Craig um, took out a scalpel, nicked me right in the hamstring, and then blew by me while laughing. <laughs> uh, and he ended with a whopping 88 games completed this yeah. year. Uh, so, I I give you the award, sir. Thank you. Congratulations. I hope it breaks your neck. I it's already broken my neck. I I feel terrible. It's a new year. Yeah. New year, new year. Uh, I I I started on a good note this year, <laughs> so I I'm gonna keep this up. Um, just so just so, in case you're curious, the last game that Craig completed was Cyberpunk 2077, and the last game I completed was Left Alive. <laughs> um, 
one one is infinitely better than the other, I do believe. <laughs> but I'm not telling which. Uh, Luke's proudest achievement this year was he finished Persona 5. Oh. He's only maybe two years late uh-huh. to the podcast, but he finished it. So good ups for him. Uh, my dumbest achievement is after playing literally every game that's ever existed in the franchise, I finally platinumed the Dynasty Warriors game. And it was so much grinding. It was oh so, oh so much grinding, but I did it. And I am very proud of myself for doing something stupid. All right, so, gentlemen, this is it. Your top three games of the year. I'm going to squirt out Luke's really quick. We have, and and do keep in mind, this entire list that we've been going down, uh, we didn't know what the other person was going to answer. So this is kind of an interesting bit. Uh, Luke had Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. Can you guys guess the other two? (gasps) He's been fairly stable. Um, is it Animal Tsushima? Oh, they're my two guesses. You are correct. <laughs> oh no no oh, oh no no not Animal Tsushima. I'm sorry. Uh, so so Mike, you can Damn. you can steal uh, the point. Ghost Tsushima. Well, no, no no it is Ghost of Tsushima. Craig got that right, but he got Animal Crossing. Oh right. really? So yeah, ooh, one ooh, guess. That's good. That means I yes. guess. Um, ooh, I'm not sure. It's been mentioned many times. Let's go back. Is, is, it, is it like a dragon? Divinity Original Sin 2. It's not... Oh, guys! No, no, no. It's Days Gone! What? Oh, Days oh, God. Gone! Oh, God. I was, which was also his sleeper favorite, okay. which I don't uh, quite understand. I wish he was here. It, it's because All sleeper right. favorite isn't a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plan, <laughs> Uh, all right, so I will get mine out of the way because I have talked about all three of them ad nauseum. Uh, like a Dragon, Neo 2, and Pathfinder. And out of those, everybody should play Neo 2. Um, my three I've also talked about, all of them. Half-Life Alex being the future of gaming. Yakuza Like a Dragon, being the future of Yakuza. And Cyberpunk being <laughs> just... Being the future. Being the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with all its regrettable decisions, I still think it's uh, phenomenal. If you could recommend one, which one? Um, I, honestly, if I could... Re- no, you can't say that. Mm. Let me jump in. Let me I jump in did. and put my three out there. And then we... yeah, 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 okay, right. oh, okay, okay. So Astro's Playroom, uh, The Last of Us Part 2, and Yakuza, Like a Dragon. That's my trilogy. And out of those, which one do you recommend? Like a dragon. All right. I didn't say anything. Craig, <laughs> I would recommend all three. To be honest, for oh, you are such the a problem fancy is, boy. I would like I would like you to to experience Half Life Alex. Out of all of them, I would like you to, but it would involve you getting like either. Yes, but this is perfect world scenario, Craig. This is perfect world scenario. Oh, it would be Half-Life then. Um, be ab- absolute Half-Life. I would say no, because oh, I don't like Half-Life. Would, would it stand the test of time if this was a if this was a PSVR 2 game, say in three years' time? Do you think it'd still be... Does it, does it feel like a complete package? Oh, yeah. It's, it's 100% a complete classic VR game. It's it's a game game. It's not a gimmicky game. It's not a. Is it better than Half Life Two Episode Two? 
Yeah, I would, I, I would say it's it's the best experience I've had in Half Life with anything of that moniker. I don't believe you that it's better than Half Life Two Episode Two. It's <laughs> not much is worse than Half Life Episode Two. Oh, but but um, you got to remember I'm, that's an argument for another I'm time. I'm talking about from from the whole package side of things being in that environment. Oh, from did it? Oh fuck off! Is Half Life Alex a direct continuation of Half Life? Two episode two. Ah, uh, uh, but I don't know the answer, Mike. But I'm going to guess because Valve does not know how to write the number three, as that old internet joke goes. Uh, no, this is going to be a side story, probably about Alex. That's funny, isn't it? How the the new Back for Blood? They've skipped the number three and gone straight to four, haven't they? <laughs> I'm wondering if well, there's a secret one nobody knows about. Well, actually, no. Left for Dead, Left for Dead, Left for Dead two. Yeah, it's the only missing number, isn't it? Yeah, that, it, is, it is It is strange. Are you going to pick that up, by the way? I can't imagine this is going to get cut. But. Uh, probably. probably. Not immediately. Not immediately. I'll wait. I'll wait. It's not part no, of the orange box. No, no, no. The only time, I, the only reason I'll buy it is if you guys buy it, so we can all play. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't like Left 4 Dead. Mm, that's, good. that's good. I don't like a lot of Valve games, actually. Really? Yep, the only one I like is Dota 2 and uh, what's it called? Portal. Don't tell Craig, but I'm super jealous that he's playing Half-Life Alex. to be honest. I I literally did spend 30 minutes today looking at all the options, thinking which ones include the hand motion (laughs) controls and, you know, I I saw saw, um, that Sindon light gun the other day, which somehow skips. Ian got one of those, the bam. Yeah, that looks absolutely amazing, but the only thing that piqued my interest even more was potentially playing Half-Life Alex, and I was like, going, "Oh, bloody hell!" Bit of a price jump between the two, but you know, that's <laughs> like, eh, that's definitely yeah, definitely something to get. All right, uh, Craig, could you please answer the question, and then we'll close this sucker up. Oh, it um, it's not a direct sequel, yes! as in. <laughs> So normally, this is where we would say, all right, thank you very much for listening. But we have one last gut check question of the night. Oh, God. You have two seconds. You better answer this from the gut. No ums. No come No come back to me afterwards. The game you're looking forward to the most. Go. Mine, Resident Evil 8. Street Fighter 6. Deathloop. Street Fighter 6. All right. There we go. That's what a gut check question is supposed to be, gentlemen. Good job. All right. So... Uh, if you're still with and us, Hitman by 3. golly! Oh, you just <laughs> just shut up! <laughs> if you've listened to us this long, by golly, God bless you! Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we do plan on doing a Games of a Generation episode that'll be a little bit like this, not the same questions, but right now we're working out um, logistics on it. As you can tell, this went pretty long. Uh, so we're working out how to do that. Other than that, the next biggest game coming up is Super Punch-Out! and Punch-Out! on the Wii. So if you have any experiences with those, you can send in messages at thebiteffect.com. You can tell us we're all terrible people. Whatever you'd like to do. Short of setting our houses on fire. Um, Luke, Craig, anything you guys want to say before we close this? Luke and Craig. Luke and... Oh my gosh! <laughs> Mike and Craig. Sorry, I've been speaking for Luke all night. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. um, no, 
not not a lot else to say. It's been a great year, and I look forward it to has next been. year. It's been a great year in video games, with that small little asterisk on the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a, a a huge backlog from this year, and the, hearing the mentions of Final Fantasy VII just has me super excited because I'm only two hours into it. So yeah. Um, oh, it's so good. Oof, it's 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 a good My... year to continue into because we've got plenty from last year. I'm I'm sure of it. I will make a prediction here. By the end of it, you will hope to God that the story does not follow the original. Okay. That's how good it is. I've, anyway. I've avoided all spoilers. I've avoided everything. I That's, that's why I have just... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Mum is the word. Especially if you want to talk to your mom. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on The Bit Effect Does an Episode in the Future. Gentlemen, say goodnight. Good, good night. night. And thank you for listening to us all year, once again. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. 